They're trying to train the body's immune system to target the right part of the virus because getting it wrong can be dangerous. We know that historically with coronaviruses that if you do vaccinate with the wrong kind of vaccine, for instance in domestic cats who have a similar viral infection, that you can make the disease more severe. Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Monday, July 11, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. Important follow-ups to some things that we've been covering since the very beginning of this, the hills that we've dying on, been dying on, to use the analogy. Masks, of course, something that we immediately dove into right when this all started. And very quickly found out that the science was at the best inconclusive, or rather that they were finding, excuse me, something just put in my eye, finding that that the, the science did not, was confusing even to them at the time, that there weren't statistical, it wasn't statistically significant, that they were reducing transmission and anything they were testing, influenza, there were even studies all the way back decades and decades ago where they removed masks in surgical theaters. We've only found out that infections dropped. Now, you don't, you can't, I mean, they could argue that there was other reasons and factors, but that was something that was interesting. Now, this brought right up until a, the beginning of COVID-19, whatever that is. And the CDC study that we started off with discussing exactly that, their massive meta-analysis that found there was no statistical significance in reducing transmission. And then weirdly, COVID-19 just turned everything on its ear. Now, today, again, it seems it's all coming back. Specifically in New York is one place we're pointing at, but all around the world we're seeing it. Slow creeping back into suggestive, you know, the, the, the situations where you wear the mask or we don't want your service. or you're not allowed to go on the bus, go in the restaurant, that kind of thing, which is totally your choice as they try to frame it, which is not even remotely true. But it's not just the mask. We're seeing the lockdowns creeping back. We're seeing all this stuff slowly start to come back in, whether that's because monkeypox or because of the new variant they're discussing today, which I'll show you as we go through today. It's, as you find out, we don't know anything about it. We don't know the transmissibility. We don't know if it's more dangerous. We don't know anything except that it is there. And even that, I would question. And that's enough for every outlet everywhere to hype the new thing. Does that show you it's about keeping you safe or keeping you informed? Why didn't they do it before if it wasn't about the new fervor of the biosecurity state? It's all leading in a very clear direction. And we're going to go over that information today once again on NAS. We're going to talk about, uh, on top of that, some information we're seeing continue to pop up around Bayer's, where even the CDC is now essentially telling you they always have been. But as Derek was pointing out the other day, with their newest alert, admitting what we keep pointing at. And it's amazing. We come two years past this to where we're still saying there's all these reports, but they're unverified. Well, why are they unverified? Whose fault is that? It's either the fact that you've chose never to look into them or the reality that you never even had the small, even remotely enough resources to actually do that, or that you are looking into them and finding something you don't want anybody to see. So the bottom line is unverified means that we still have an open risk, but we know that's not the full story. The data has been there. It's been overwhelming from the very beginning, but the risk is there and they're trying to keep this from you. And we're going to talk about the emergency use authorization point again, because apparently they just announced today that we're going to renew the emergency again for, I think the 20th time 
on Friday. But you'll be surprised to find out, probably not, that it expires today. So what does that mean for you? What does that mean if the emergency authorization for the entire emergency expires today and it's supposed to renew it every three months and they're not going to renew it till Friday? Does that mean that everything that happens between then and now is illegal? It actually does. We'll get into that information and ask why (laughs) they do they not care. And this isn't the first time it's happened. We've continued to point it out. We'll make it all clear for you going through the information. Now, we're also going to get into them admitting again. And what's funny about the way this keeps going is how as we've heard a million times for myself, from everybody else that will report something, what the, the difference between a conspiracy theorist and the reality is three months, something like that. The joke that's been spent spun. It's not actually that inaccurate that they'll censor you down for pointing things out that later come to pass. Now today we'll talk about the NBC article admitting, Oh, they use the word might though. COVID boosters might be less than 20% effective after a few months. Isn't it amazing how that story just slowly creeps out? Now, back in the beginning, we were talking about the waning, the the lack of efficacy, and we were shouted down and censored. But ask yourself this again, guys, from the beginning. Whose fault is it that these are not working? Oh, excuse me, waning? Are you you uncomfortable with the word not working? That's what it would mean. If they're not working, if rather, if they're churning your immune system, tearing it apart and allowing that not to work, either way you look at that, the correct way would be the immune system perspective. Is that the unvaccinated people's fault? No, it's the fact that these things aren't working. And it was, that was the case from the very beginning of all of this. Their data has been shown that now we can look back that they were trying to hide from you. It's always been waning. They always knew it was waning. That means they knew it wouldn't work, covered that up, forced it on people anyway, in a rush to get to the next step. This is not debatable. It's not the unvaccinated person's fault that these things never reached the point they were supposed to, or maybe were never built the way we were told that they were. It's all for you to decide, which is the reason they hate this show. Be objective, ask questions, question us. But the data, guys, is very clear. Now, don't listen to them when they scream you down and say, you're too down to know what these very clear things have to say. And we're also going to talk about the pandemic of the injected yet again, New South Wales, more information around that, continuing to compile and show you the same picture that we've been showing you since the UK data, since the Scotland data, the Canadian data, all the data that continue to show you the same damn picture that they just don't want you to see, and then trying aggressively to hide all of the blood clots that are exponentially higher than we've ever seen them, myocarditis higher than any years in the past, except now it's because of some drink you're having, or the fact that you sit too long, or because you're in front of the TV, or you sleep on your side. All these things are articles being pushed in your face saying blood clots, blood clots, blood clots. The one thing no one seems to write about in the corporate media is the one thing we know for sure is causing blood clots. (laughs) That is the injections they've admitted can cause blood clots. It's interesting, isn't it? It's childish. It's like we're watching a cartoon. They don't seem to see that, apparently. We're also going to talk about the lockdowns coming back as well in Hong Kong. But not just lockdowns. Lockdowns with an emergency electric bracelets to make sure that you stay where you're supposed to be. This is all happening, guys. And it's amazing when that was conspiracy theory right before... I, uh, the, the, the important thing here, guys, is to see just how much of this is blatant on its surface obvious. Now, speaking of obvious, the Ukraine discussion we'll finish with today, it's embarrassing. It, I mean, it is, we're watching them do, let's just put it this way, Zelensky is doing exactly what they point out in every other person around the world that they say are bad guys. They're censoring their political opponents. They're they're shutting down media organizations, except when you do those things in the name of freedom, when you're on the good guy side, well, they're justified. Of course, of course, we would shut down the bad guy news stations. Of course, we would arrest the bad guy political opponent. Well, who gets to decide whether they're the bad guy? Of course, the other person on the other side. And that becomes subjective, doesn't it? 
It shouldn't be that you're okay doing the wrong things if you're the right guy. It should be that these are wrong actions. Shutting down media organizations should be wrong no matter who you are, whether you're the U.S. government or the Russian government. You see the point? It's ridiculous. It's always been ridiculous. All of it should be pointed out. But what we're going to see today is Ukraine doing exactly that, arresting political opponents, seizing their assets, consolidating every media outlet into one state channel. That's not media. As your own government would point out, that's propaganda. When Russia does it, state media propaganda. Except now when Zelensky does it, he's protecting the media. There's no more media if everything's been consolidated into one controlled state channel. Media's gone at that point. That's corporate propaganda. But we'll get into it. Stay tuned to the end. Tuned till the end. I'm going to do my best to do this in a shorter period of time today for a multitude of reasons, including the sleeping little puppy over here. But let's continue and start off with an important point that I thought was really interesting. Pulling out all the stops. Hashtag two-party illusionists begin uh, being led by the nose right into the Great Reset, even as they believe they're leading the revolution. Now, this is tying into the tweet I'm going to point out next, as well as all these protests happening. Now, I put that off for tomorrow. I had a lot of protest stuff I was going to get into today. Some interesting things coming out about the Sri Lanka protests and whether they're questionable, tied back to USA and the CIA and U.S. government. I haven't gotten to the bottom of it, but I'll tell you right now, it seems very likely. And it wouldn't surprise me in any case that the, the CIA or any other Western a a assets would be doing such a thing. They do it all the damn time. So what would that mean if we're watching these color revolutions again? Well, remember what it meant the last time. There's a large ag agenda playing out in front of us right now. Now, it does not mean I'm not trying to imply that these people protesting are all on one side or all lying or that they're it's never the case. That's that's the two party paradigm creeping in. There's always nuance and always things in the middle. But the point is that these people are being abused and used if this is correct, right? They're, they're driving them into action based on things they think they believe in, like Roe versus Wade or whatever wedge issue and, you know, comparable U.S. point to these foreign protests. And then to what end, though? Creating uncertainty, creating destabilization? Well, that does seem to fit what they want to point at to justify what they want to build, right? It doesn't mean we shouldn't stand up and protest. It doesn't mean we shouldn't stand up and push back because that's what we need to be doing. But we need to think about how this is being framed and what our actions lead to. Now, I'm not even saying I'm right, wrong, have an answer. I'm just speaking wisdom here, I hope, because I think what we need to recognize is in any situation, even doing the right thing, will they will try to bend it, warp it, and use it against you. Like, for instance, taking the January 6th example. Now, were there people that did things that I might think were over the top, violent, wrong, in fact? Yeah. But by and large, as I've always stood by, most people you saw at that protest were simply there within their rights, doing what they are allowed to do, especially when the doors are opened to them and they don't even realize they're walking into a setup. The problem is that that was the right thing, and yet it was still used. So what does that mean? I honestly don't know. But here's the tweet that really stood out and made me concerned about where I think this is going. As I said, this feels like a January 6th setup on a global scale. It's indeed time to stand up, push back, but as one, if we are pushing back from different sides, we're pushing into ourselves, right? Imagine you're trying to move some gigantic stone and you have one side thinking they're beating up the, you know, they're pushing the stone in the right direction. Yet on the other side of it, you've got other people who are actually thinking the same thing you are, but pushing against you. Well, that's not going to move, is it? We need to be on the same side of that stone, pushing in one unified direction, which is almost impossible to be quite honest, but the closer we can get to that the better. 75% on one side versus 25% on the other. We'll, we'll move that stone in the direction. That's what they're afraid of. The, that's what these protests are showing you in one part. 
If enough people stand up, we can actually make things happen. That's why they're so desperately afraid of you realizing that power. And in fact, probably trying to get ahead of us and creating desperately chaotic, destabilizing protests to make it seem like that's all that's capable. Crazy chaos and fires burning and people being killed. That is what they want us to think about when we think protest or rather people that look down on it. These are just my opinions, guys, just to be very clear. But as one hashtag two party illusion, this is very ominous to me. Of all the people to stand up and put tweets like this out, George Soros, none other than George Soros, tweets out the Roe versus Wade decision, the Supreme Court ruling, is part of a carefully laid plan to turn the U.S. into a repressive regime? Well, yeah, most of us would be like, well, that's both, that's what we're saying. <laughs> You're not supposed to say that, duh. It doesn't make sense, does it? Now, is that actually what's happening? I'll be, I'll be honest, I'm, kind of, I'm sort of a contrarian. In fact, that he says that makes me question it. But I believe that is what's happening. I believe that at the very least, the issue being leaked out was absolutely part of some organized effort. Is it what he's saying? I somehow don't buy that. Or maybe it's the fact that he's saying exactly the truth to make it seem like he's not a part. I mean, who knows? But that's very strange to me. Turn the U.S. into a repressive regime. Why would just the Roe versus Wade decision be part of that? Well, in that it would be to divide people, to create a situation where they can capitalize on you being destabilized, or rather you creating the destabilization they use to justify their repressive actions. We are the ones under sanctions, guys. Just like around the world, just like they do in Syria, create a protest. Let's shoot protesters and blame it on Syria. Create a protest in Bolivia, shoot pro, or excuse me, yeah. My conflating stories in my mind doesn't, well, despite it, create a regime change in Bolivia illegally. But the specific ones we know, like in Ukraine, create a protest, shoot protesters, blame it on the opposition. It's proven. On the record, we have them saying these things. So when we see this happening here, we need to be very careful about what they're driving us into. But he says, we must do everything we can to prevent that. Now, what does that mean? Honestly, my gut tells me this is him as an agenda or the people behind this, him and everybody else driving you to do exactly that. I'm very skeptical, guys. I got to be honest. But so this is my point. If you do that as one entity, it's much more difficult to stop you. In any case, there's a lot going on here, guys. A lot going on. And I think we all can see that there's coordinated plans happening. Look at COVID, look at Ukraine. I mean, these aren't just one country, one entity, one group. These are, these are international organizations. So when we see these things all of a sudden pop off around the world and, and have very tight ties to certain entities, we need to be concerned about that. I mean, remember the color revolutions in general. I mean, that was exactly the kind of thing we're seeing. We need to think about it like that now. The problem is we have partisan entities, very powerful you know, lots of following, standing up and claiming these things. In fact, pushing on, go and burn their houses down, right? Go invade the pro the buildings. You mean just like they wanted us to on January 6th? Why would that make sense? What do you exactly think that's going to accomplish? I mean, really take a step back and think about that. Are we going to run in there with our torches? And, 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 you know, what I mean, like, think about how ridiculous that would be. Or are you actually suggesting an armed insurrection? Isn't that exactly what they would want to frame it as? I'm not saying I have the answers. I guarantee people out there that already think that I'm somehow undermining it all are going to claim I'm shilling for the government. The very people that want you to go out there and surround the houses of your president and your Congress so they can frame you as domestic terrorists like they want to in their plan. That's stupid to me. We need to have a means to an end, an actual accomplishment, not just the idea of going out there and making yourselves feel better by yelling in front of someone's house. Yeah, see, there, you guys, I'll go back to it just in case the person in the chat missed it. Here's the tweet from George Soros. Very strange. 
And this is his account. I mean, I'll make sure it wasn't well, kind of weird, but it does say the official Twitter page of George Soros. So I don't, I doubt it's made him personally doing it. In any case, uh, my rant is over. I'm very concerned about that. But back into everything else. This is very funny. I'm going to play this at the end, by the way. <laughs> this has just killed me. Joe, Joe Biden as, as Ron Burgundy. But for, I, I'm not going to, uh, the reason I have this up is not to play it. I'll play it at the end. It's to show you one thing I want to share today before we get started. This person put this out. I was actually planning on doing this yesterday, and I, I ended up forgetting about it. I want you guys to see this interesting tracking that I'm seeing as well. And when he tweeted this out, it made me think that I'm not the only one seeing it. He says, Twitter is now tracking exactly what tweets you share. Well, let's be clear. They've always been doing that. This is more about specifically, I think, interaction between everybody and how they get how the reach goes and who shares what to what end. Now, you can read this thread for yourself. He's pointing out the same thing I am, the difference of what it once was to what it is now. Now, I'm, I try to do this as often as possible because I just I already picked up on this a long time ago, which is essentially, as you can see in the URL, for those in the podcast, we're looking up at the URL of the tweet we're staring at. And what you'll notice is everything up until the question mark is the actual link. Now, anytime you share this stuff from a website or anything else, you get this weird tag on question mark S equal sign and a bunch of gibberish. What you'll notice if you delete that and resend it, you get the same tweet. So the point is, this is a, this is about track. Now you can argue it's just about advertising and whatever else, but the point is it's being tracked. So do me do do yourself a favor, and anytime you're going to share this stuff, take a minute to delete that and re and re and re uh, and refresh the page, just so there's no way uh, one less way they can track the momentum of where these things are going because that's in nobody's interest but their own. Just a quick thought, and here's the thread that he goes and kind of explains this in more detail, so you can see what I'm talking about. Isn't that interesting? There's a lot of this happening today. Now, another point I want to get into before we start on Vayers. I just was really, this is, it's interesting how much of this is coming out. Look at this, it's funny. Just happened to see this. There's no evidence that COVID vaccines cause male fertility. Lies. We've gone over all of it. How many peer-reviewed science, it's funny how the Twitter posts for scientific studies always seem to miss all of the peer-reviewed studies that say the exact thing they say isn't happening. Trust the science means listen to the CDC and don't look at anything else. Yay, science. But this is the same kind of thing that frustrates me, that we've been talking about this for God knows how long. That's not true. Since 2015, maybe. But as I wrote, do you know how long we've been reporting this? And here, enter the Guardian with breaking news. Disturbing weed killer tied to cancer found in 80% of U.S. urine samples. Yeah, well, you, don't, you don't say. You mean you didn't know that from the last decade of reporting and scientific studies and court hearings and reports from all over the world finding tumors and cancer and god knows what else but you didn't want to say it until now what did you hold did you couch that were you holding that bullet in the chamber right until you had distraction everybody's paying attention to the vaccine look over there look at the look at the thing you all know about look at roundup look at glyphosate over there look how bad it was yeah we all know that guys Everybody knows that mainstream media. We don't need you to report the thing we've all been yelling at you and you've been calling us conspiracy theorists about for years. I mean, how dumb is that? It's right now all of a sudden. Here's the Guardian. Disturbing. Jul July 9th. Weed killer ingredient tied to cancer found. That's what I'm glyphosate. You know why this is, I mean, saying too little too late is a wild understatement. Because this is everywhere. I just want this to be very clear before I make the next point, which ties this to COVID. This is everywhere. It is ubiquitous. This is the kind of thing that we were worried about back when they first started talking about this. Glyphosate is so ubiquitous, it is literally, and I'm not making this up, 
It's in the air you're breathing right now. It's in the cotton clothes you're wearing on your skin. It's in the food you're eating, most likely. I would argue the sad part, it's probably in even the food you're eating that you don't think it should be. The, the organic food and everything else. It is everywhere. And that, my friends, is why it's in your urine. Now, here's the, fra- the crazy part about this. We've been writing about this forever. This is 2016. As I framed it, the piss test heard around the world. 150 European Parliament members to test urine for glyphosate. Spoiler alert, every single one of them had glyphosate in their urine. When this happened, it wasn't about, I think it was, some of them were arguing, well, it's not, you know, doing this to prove that it wasn't a problem. But they found every single one of them had glyphosate in their urine. This is incredible. This is 2016. So why didn't they say it then? Where were you at then, Guardian? Well, you were shouting it down as fake news, letting Monsanto pay your advertising bills. That's what was happening. Why it's coming out now, I think is pretty transparent. Look at this, sponsored by, supported by Open Society Foundation. Well, look at that. Look at that. It's almost like they're all working together. In case you don't know, that's tied to George Soros. What a, what a coincidence, right? But more than 80% of urine samples drawn from children and adults in the U.S. health study contained a weed killer chemical linked to cancer, a finding scientists have called disturbing and concerning. It just makes me sick that this is, and this, this is how they can pretend that they were doing the right thing. Accountability. No, you guys suppressed this story for a very long time. Not to take too long on this point, guys. This is very much a dangling cat toy of a distraction to get you to look over here while other things are happening when nothing's going to happen about this, right? Bayer bought Monsanto. They've been selling this. They still use it. They still sell it. They still have everything on the market. It's too late. It's already everywhere. Way past whatever they claim is some kind of generally accepted as safe amount. Here, by the way, now this, um, actually, I'll grab this one. Oh, come on now. Okay, good. Make sure this wasn't freezing. I thought it was going to freeze up on me. There's one of the most important ones. I mean, you can just read through these head titles. Glyphosate contaminants in processed brand name foods. Monsanto paying farmers. Where's the one I was looking for? There's one in here that's really important. I'm going to get to that one next right here. Before I show it to you. You guys have seen it already. But this one is the kind of point that I was making. In Napa Valley, for instance, they tested organic wines, right? The wines that they go, they go out of their way. Here it is. And while that's loading, we'll do this one too. Why not? They go out, they go out of their way to make these wines in Napa Valley or anywhere for that matter, that are organic, right? That are organic, meaning they're completely natural, that there's no chemicals like this in there. So they go out of their way to do so, and they test these organic wines. Guess what? Glyphosate. Every single one of them. That makes them no longer organic. So all they do is they pass rules that make glyphosate not, you know, it's okay. We'll, we'll let that slide. We'll still give you the organic stamp. So people that really care about it are like, no, that doesn't change it. There's not natural. But really, if you just want the organic title to make money, well, they're like, whatever, give me the stamp. That's changing the rules to meet the, the, the criminal activity, not the other way around. It's everywhere, in everything, in the cotton, in your clothes. I mean, it just, it blows me away. And this is the one I was going to show last. Same kind of thing. This one's actually pretty upsetting. Monsanto Weed Killer found in 14 popular German beers. These are very high-level craft beers that, they, if you read it for yourself, you know, that have very specific ingredients. Go out of their way to make sure that these are traditional and specific. As it says, their beer purity is a subject of pride. 
They found out, guess what? All of them had glyphosate. So no longer are they the beers they thought they were. This is the kind, I mean, it's a long-winded point, guys, but this is the problem with trusting what they tell you the science is. Allowing this to get to a point to where there is no turning back. We might already be there with what's going on with these injections. We don't wait until they admit they made the problem to stop. We need to know it's already there. Now, this is the worst part about this. This is the interview we had that uh, Denny Rancourt and I had with Stephanie Seneff. Glyphosate, mRNA, and spike proteins destroying your body. Basically, the long-winded point that you should watch. Oh, shocking. YouTube deleted it. What a shock. The long-winded point here, guys, is that she is under the impression, and I believe based on her research, I believe this, that glyphosate, whether intentionally or not, is acting as a compound. It's, it's, an, it's a catalyst. It's creating a situation that's making this exponentially worse. When the mRNA, the spike protein, work with this in your body to create like a synergistic problem, it's exploding. Now, is this one part? Is this what it is? Or it's only one part of it? Ultimately, it's hard to say, but this is happening. Now, maybe, maybe this is being put out to prime the population. Who knows? You could ask these questions. But my God, guess what? Now we're finding out it's everywhere. Too late, guys. Too late. Now, on that same note, here's another example of too late, right? As Derek points out, more than 1.3 million adverse events following COVID-19 vax reports to Bayer's. CDC data shows itself. On Friday the 8th, they released the new data showing that number. 1.3 million adverse events between December 14th, 2020 and July 1st, 2022. The data included a total of 29,273 reports of death, an increase of, uh, of 111 over the previous week, and 241,910 serious injuries, including deaths, during the same time period, up to 684 compared to the previous week. Here's the report he's pointing out. This is just deaths. Right. I mean, th this and I want you to point and see a couple things before you go forward and all the reports down here. Take a note of these categories. For those in the podcast, from under six months to five years, there is a total. All said and done from the beginning, December to 2020 to right now of six total deaths. Under six to five years, six total deaths reported in Bayer's. Now you can do the same thing. Make sure you remember that that's only one percent of the total. That still is ridiculously low. And then you have to remember that these are people that are being told that they had COVID when you don't know for sure they did, as they've already admitted across the whole country to being very liberal with the reporting numbers, having a broken leg, getting a test or getting a car accident later and so on. We've seen this kind of stuff. But regardless, guys, I don't care if it was 100. I mean, I care, obviously, but 100 out of the entire time period out of 29,000 reported deaths. And we're going to pretend like these kids need to take a shot at their own detriment to their own detriment with all the side effects and all the problems. They don't need this. They're not in danger. And the fact is neither are you. That is all come out by now. Look at all the data, remove the age stratification. Make sure you realize that it's just like you can see here that it's exponentially slanted. This is almost 50% of the number just in over eight. Well, technically here's the crazy part. I forgot that. So over 80 is, is where the bulk is. Are you really going to pretend that almost half of this total number is unknown, that you don't know how old they were? That's, an, that's a selective choice. There's no way to, how are we going to pretend that this system doesn't know the age of almost half the deaths? That's 36%. But anyway, the point is that you look at the two categories, 65 to 80, that's, that's over 10,000 right there. What's that? That's 13,000? Or plus the 600. So 13, 6. Just in over 65. 
The point is that this is not what they keep telling you. Under And then the point is as well, guys, the, these are supposed to be the most at risk other than the over 80s. And they're the most at risk as anybody, and yet it only represents the... It's obvious they're not affected by this. And they're also the ones, by and large, that have the least amount of injections in their body. Oh my God, look at that obvious point. Correlation is not causation, but it's weird how the group that has the lowest amount of vaccinations seems to also be the lowest amount of deaths. Interesting. But going forward, you can see here, the Open Bayers report, which you should follow, make sure you understand that there's been over 2 million all said and done, including the reports of hospitalizations and so on. But again, they point out the over 1.3 million adverse events reported. And here's the breakdown of the red boxes where you can see the difference. Now, it's interesting that this is called unverified and fake news by all the Twitterverse, except the numbers are exactly what the CDC is reporting. So why does that matter? Are they really insinuating that these things aren't real? They're just trying to keep this muddied until they get far enough away from it. Because it's quite obvious to me. Now, discussing the emergency use authorization, this is something that's really alarming to me to see how... Actually, wait a minute. Hold on. I'll make sure I didn't... Uh... Oh, I, you know what I did? Okay, we're just going to jump this up to the front then. Looks like we're going to move around on the fly. Bear with me for a second here. I'll do this so you guys don't have to see me moving these. I have, there's a part, I'm going to, let's just start with the emergency use authorization point. It's actually a good thing to start with anyway. I had it a little disjointed. I forgot that I had another part towards the end. You'll see what I mean. The point was to kind of end with the reality that they're building up a new threat, but we'll start with that now since the emergency use authorization is such a central part to all this, you know? I mean, everything hinges on the idea that we're in some sort of emergency, even though they've admitted that it's no, even in the report itself now, it doesn't even say because of the emergency, it's because the ongoing consequences of what was the, now they don't say what was, but of the emergency. Now here, let's, let's, I'll show you right here. Now first, we'll get into the point I was saying. That I shared this yesterday. Or, yeah, it was yesterday. I, this is a show that I've been watching called The Terminal List. Now I'm going to give you a heads up right now, before, actually before I, even, before I even show that. Spoiler alert. Okay, for those because this would irritate me if I was hadn't watched this yet. What I'm about to read and discuss, if you haven't seen this show, completely ruins the entire the what we're going to point out here is like the whole point of what this show builds towards. So hear me on that. Don't get upset if it ruins the show for you because this is where it all leads to. But this was too important not to discuss. <clears throat> so as I said, spoiler alert, hashtag right in the beginning. Even somebody I know got mad at me because they're like, as <laughs> I like, said, spoiler alert right there. So, I was watching this show. The whole time, there's things that stand out to me that I said, oh, this is interesting. Like, right in the beginning, there's the, you're questioning whether he's seeing something or remembering things wrong, and the idea of a deep fake comes up right in the beginning, which turns out to be, well, I don't, it doesn't even matter. I question whether that was actually what happened. But the end of the show comes to a point to where they're discussing an experiment that was run on Navy SEALs without their knowledge and its subsequent cover-up. Very interesting in and of itself, by the way, that that's happening right now. Like that we're literally watching a worldwide experiment play out and whether the military's always been the ones they focused on. But in this clip, I'm going to play for you in a second. You have, let's see, by the way, you can see right here what I'm talking about. There's that, which you can delete it. It goes right back to it. Actually, while I'm doing this, I'm going to grab that so I can just play it for you because I think the volume is pretty low. But what we're seeing here in the clip essentially is that they're talking in the office, and one of the investigators is just gets upset and says, you know, for crying out loud, they're doing tests on, ex on SEALs without their knowledge. Like, that's, that's it. That's it. There's no question that this is a problem. 
And you will not be surprised that he literally says it wasn't illegal, not technically, because the admiral who did it had an emergency use authorization approving the experiment. I'm not making this up. Now, of course, it's just a TV show, right? But we know that TV shows, as we, as we there's entire articles discussing how the Pentagon and the government and the military get involved with these kind of things to, you know, send certain messages and promote the military. And, of course, to propagandize you in very specific directions. It's not a secret. As I said to follow up that, though, I said, come on, this is pretty damn transparent. So what, the government can just run any experiment on us at once without our knowledge as long as it gets an emergency use authorization, even a secret one? Is that the implication of the show here? I wonder what that relates to. Gee, I wonder, guys. Hashtag, you're the experiment. It just blew me away. Watch, watch this clip. It's really short. You overstepped. Overstepped? This admiral ran illegal experiments on his own men. Wasn't illegal. Not technically. You're talking about this. Hiller had an emergency use authorization approving the experiment. The experiment wasn't a crime, but we believe it was a cover-up. I'll give you two the office. <clears throat> Which I should have kept it playing, actually, because he then tells him, you're off the case, We're, you know, basically you're fired, <laughs> or rather you're being demoted. Right, so th th he's right, he finds the proof, he proves what he was saying the entire time, and then he gets demoted, and the experiment goes forward, and blah, blah, blah. You can watch the rest of the show. There's plenty of other exciting things that go on in there, but, I mean, my God! So where we're at right now is that they are conducting an emergency use authorization over and over and over, or, or rather approving these over and over and over for the emergency for, dip, for like six different injections and different treatments and all this different stuff under the guise that were in an emergency. Now that's public, right? We see that. So the only difference here in this part is that it's not behind the closed doors. But the idea then is that, well, it's not illegal because we've got this approval. So, I mean, that's just kind of the, they, I, I believe that's being set in people's minds. So they hear that and think, okay, but on top of that, the implication being, if it's happening quietly behind the doors, that the Pentagon gets together with the Navy and says, well, we will approve that secretly, go ahead and do it. That it somehow isn't illegal because they just decided behind closed doors. I mean, my God, this just makes me very nervous about where this goes. Even the show understand, and this is what it relates to to me. Pfizer receives the emergency use authorization for children six months through four years of age. We're being tested on right now. That's the whole point. If they tell us we're no longer in the pandemic stage, if they tell us any number of things that show you that we're not in an emergency by the definition of the word, how can you continue to emergency authorize anything, let alone the fact that you've got approved alternatives? That in and of itself, one point is enough to say that's not valid. They, tell, they claim both Comirnaty and Spikebacks, both Pfizer and Moderna, are approved. Even though they're not giving them out, they're approved. That is supposed to make null and void the emergency authorization. What about the fact that there's, that there's uh, uh, um, what's the term they used? I'm blanking on the term. Alternatives that are, that are valid, valid alternatives, like what they claim, Paxlovid, or the fact that the real ones, like Ivermectin. These things are valid. But none of this matters. The biggest point, though, is about the fact that they continue to lapse that emergency for longer, in this case, apparently a week. It ends today, by the way. But here's another point, just how these keep, the FDA revises their emergency use authorization for Paxlovid. Like, are they not even, are they even trying to get approval? They want you to think that that doesn't matter. 
It does. They're not. This is not supposed to be a long-sought concept. You're not supposed to have emergency use authorization for two years. That's not how this works. It's supposed to be some kind of immediate. And at the, by the way, they even mentioned that in the show. It's supposed to be acute. It's supposed to be an immediate situation that you then drive away from and approve and find the full picture. The point is that you don't have all the full information. So you work with what you have. And if you believe that the evidence you have suggests that it's safer than the unknown dangers or the dangers you do know, rather, then you emergency authorize it just to help them for that moment. And then you push, push, push to find more information and continue to flush it out and seek approval. That's never, they, they already got approval according to them. But here we are, still revising and pushing these things at different moves. Eli Lilly wins FDA's emergency nod. What does emergency nod mean? Oh, that's right. It means emergency use authorization. But they don't say that in the title even for a COVID-19 antibody. So we're, we're, they're just move, They're making new things. We have new, new treatments and new things all emergency authorized. That's what we're watching. That's what's happening. Now, right now, they're telling you there's a new thing. New subvariant, except it's got its own name, Centaurus. Is it a subvariant or is it a subvariant of a subvariant? It's become, I, I think they're desperate to keep this on Omicron right now because their narrative falls apart without that. Because if this is something new, which it is, which BA4 and 5 was something new, they just keep that. What's the word? I'm delineating. No, they just keep breaking it off from Omicron. It, like before, it was Alpha, then it was Beta, and then it was all Delta. Well, no, now that's Omicron, Omicron variant, Omicron sub sub variant. There's a reason they're doing that as they rush out the things they claim are being made towards B4 and B5, or rather just one of them. So now that there's a new thing, oh, we're just like we predicted. Does that mean those are no longer valid? Yes, that's exactly why I played that clip in the beginning. Because if you're making it towards the wrong thing, it's dangerous. They're trying to train the body's immune system to target the right part of the virus because getting it wrong can be dangerous. Yep, it can be dangerous. Exactly like we've heard a thousand times that even Fauci admitted, because if you make it producing the wrong antibodies, it will hurt people. I mean, there's no way to misunderstand this. It's blind. It's, it's documented. It's discussed even by the people pushing this on you right now. We know those signals from SARS-CoV-1. We've seen this in, in cat coronavirus vaccines where cats ended up with this horrible inflammation swelling of the stomach and about 30% of the cats died. So we know once you prime somebody with an antibody and that antibody is good, great. But if you prime them with an antibody that is not good, sit back and pull out the popcorn because we're going to be seeing something horrific happening immunologically to a population down the road. Now, for all the people that are on the side of, you know, and genu justifiably so to have this opinion, I don't think it's completely de uh, defined in my opinion but of the side of terrain versus germ theory, right? Don't think of it like, oh, this is a big fantasy because viruses don't really... You're still putting something in your body that still creates a reaction that still is inappropriate. You see how that can block you from seeing the picture regardless? You know, there's a reason that's been pumped out there. Not to say that you're wrong. I think it's still being defined. But the idea here is that regardless of whether you think it's a virus creating antibodies, you're still putting stuff in your body that still creates a reaction that is still the wrong thing that is still creating damage in your body so now they're pointing at the new thing saying oh it's new it's subvariant centauros could be the most immune evasive yet experts warn and why would they say that is there evidence for that in fact there's not that this is like saying the next thing could be a f i mean I, I, I'm trying to think, I was gonna say something really stupid it just could be anything could be super dangerous could be deadly could be nothing could not exist it could be anything 
Now, the reason I'm saying that is because you read in and find out they don't know anything about this. So they're simply hyping something because they don't know. Doesn't that sound familiar? Just like in the very beginning. It could be dangerous. It could be, or it could be not dangerous too. <laughs> it's the same question, same point. But they just love to lean into the danger so they can lock people down and control your life. It's my opinion. But it says the BA-275 has been reported in about 10 other countries and has not been declared a variant of concern. So it's not a variant of concern yet. Weird how all the media has already pumped these stories out. Transmissibility, severity, and potential immune invasion are currently unknown. <laughs> uh, excuse me? I was like, wait a minute. That's not what I expected to read. So new subvariant could be the most immune evasive yet. Why? Why? Why would that be the conclusion? If they don't know anything about whether it's immune evasion is even happening, that's just going, it could be Ebola level. It could melt your skin off. It could make your feet fall off. It could do anything. It could be scared. Expert warns. If an expert warned an unprovable, that's just dumb and they shouldn't be an expert. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm saying it's dumb for them to make that claim knowing it's going to scare people, which by the way is exactly why they do it. It says, but experts are already raising potential red flags. Oh, it's Dr. Eric Topol. Who could have guessed that? One of the people that's continued to hype a lot of nonsensical things from the very beginning. Quote, could make immunescape worse than what we're seeing now. Oh, I get it. So this broad thing where he goes, anything that changes could do this. That's what he's saying. He said Monday, the new variance mutations could do that. It could make it less dangerous too. Why didn't you say that? You get my point? I'm sure you do. He says, with BA5 and BA4 subvariants known to evade immunity, well, you guys argue that's not how that works. Just because it was like this before doesn't mean the next one could be more dangerous. That's what they kept doing before. But now it's like, well, we just know we don't know for sure. The bottom line is BA5 and BA4 are what they're desperately trying to pump out stuff for right now. This, just like we told you, makes that meaningless. So if now you take one of these new things that are sort of like the Delta alpha cross with BA5 to reach this new thing and you're dealing with BA275, well, then you're going to kill, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to create antibodies for something that's not there and you're going to hurt yourself. That's what's happening. That's what's happening now where you take the Wuhan isolate injection that's creating antibodies for something that's not around. And that's why everybody's struggling and they're rushing something new. That's the point. Under the guise of an emergency authorization. No hard evidence yet. But there's still lot. There's still, but but cause for concern. Yeah, no evidence at all. But here's why you should be scared. That's the, actually their headline. Experts have flagged a new subvariant to the coronavirus for special attention. BA two seven five, an offspring of the Omicron BA two variant. You see my point? So that's that's a subvariant of a subvariant. That's not a like they're just in the beginning. It went from new name to new name. I mean, they're even giving this a new name. So why are we still holding on to Omicron if it's got its own name? Because they're trying to deceive you. They're trying to keep this on to Omicron because that's the one that they've got to use because it, that's the one that's different and the one that's more transmissible they keep pushing. It says it's spreading quickly in India and could escape our immune response. What they say in here is everybody, well, no, that's not true. It's only people that are taking the injections. Cases of new coronavirus variant BA275 have recently been detected in Japan, Germany, UK, Canada, the US, Australia, New Zealand, everywhere, everywhere with the PCR test, I would imagine. The new mutants mutation was first identified in India where it has spread to at least two states and one territory so far. Researchers are calling it a second generation variant. <laughs> so a new thing then is be developed from Omicron's BA2 subvariant. So a subvariant of a subvariant. Global case numbers are low so far. 
making it hard to gather solid information about the virus's sequencing. I see. So we haven't even fully proven that it's there. There's minimal data about the variant so far, but it has a couple of attributes that made us take notice. Certainly sounds dangerous. In other words, someone who caught the BA2 Omicron strain could catch COVID again if they come in contact. Oh, big surprise. Or is it just the flu? Or is it anything? We're just PCR test positives. We're making into whatever we want to make them into. All possible questions that we've already seen play out. There are currently only around 70 recorded cases worldwide of this new thing. But let's raise the alarm. This is ridiculous. Here's the, you just look it up. Two days ago, six hours ago, two days, everyone's hyping up the new thing because that's how they get clicks. This is the new Trump numbers, right? Hype up Trump back. Oh, Trump this, Trump bad, Trump trip, Trump's hair, get all the big clicks and shares and everything else. That's, this is the new thing. Well, guess what, guys? The U.S., as Disclosed TV points out, is set to extend the COVID health emergency on Friday. Well, that made me think, okay, well, let's find out when the real time was. Just so you can see this, here's the, this is Bloomberg. I'll just re open it real quick so you can see it. I have it on the part so you, you can actually read past the grayed out area. And it says the U.S. government will once again, I think this is for the 20th time, extend the COVID-19 health emergency because you're still in an emergency, right? Continuing the measures that have been given millions of Americans special access. Oh, that's what it's doing, right? Continuing the services that are helping you. No, no, no. Continuing the, the allowance that they give themselves to lock you down, force masks and mandates. You know, all the powers that Trump handed over to Biden that Trump created from the beginning. The Department of Health and Human Services has repeatedly renewed the emergency. As we've told you since the beginning, January 2020, when Trump's administration declared it. With the most recent extension set to expire July 15th? No, that's incorrect. I'll prove that to you. The next extension is set is expected to take effect Friday, according to a person familiar with the matter who asked not to be identified. Why would that be? Maybe because he lied about the date? <laughs> I mean, what, what is this? Is this some foreign policy CIA operation where you're trying to cover, hide, your ax, hide your location? You're simply talking about public information. Why would you not want to be identified? This is just what they do now, guys. This is ridiculous. But the 15th is a Friday. That's why they're saying that. But let's make this very clear. Of course, this is still loading. I don't even know why. <laughs> anyway, so here's the public health emergency declarations page. The This is for the, uh, a, uh, where was it? The Oh, that's weird. I think it was listed as the ASPR, but it doesn't matter. for, for the That's the position, the assistant secret, uh, secretary for, I forget the name. It's about the response, right? The people that are in charge of initiating these responses. And that's this is from the HHS, is the ASR that does so. But this is the continual posting of all the emergencies. And you may not have known that there's emergencies, declarations in New Mexico for the fires, or that we're still three months to three months for now. Can, I mean, ask yourself still right now, continuing an emergency for the opioid crisis. Is that even talked about anymore? You know why they do that? Because it gives them emergency powers. It continues to go right now. All the way, June, June, June 30th was the last one they did. The point though, is this one right here, COVID-19, April 12th, 2022. So before I even go into the three-month period, let's make sure we're very clear about 90 days from April 12th is Monday, July 11th. This isn't, there's not weekends off. It's an exact 90-day cycle. Here's the page. What happens to EUAs when public health emergency ends? Can emergency use authorizations continue after the emergency is over? If so, can FDA continue to issue these after they're done? It says people asking this question, usually referencing the declaration by the HHS, and that basically says 
Oh, I think there's another part in there. I mean, what's funny is they don't seem to address the, the main question up there. The answer is yes, because they're doing it right now. When you're past the emergency, as long as they keep it going under some other guise, they can keep doing it. But here's the main point. The declaration generally lasts for 90 days. There's generally for a reason. It says, but may be extended by the secretary. After each extension, the declaration lasts for 90 days or until the secretary declares the emergency no longer exists, whichever occurs first, period. It's very simple. So if it takes 90 days, you can argue that today or tomorrow, it would be over. There's no argument. That's the truth. By July 12th, the emergency has lapsed. I mean, there's no misunderstanding that. So ask yourself what that means. If what they're pointing out here is the fact that they're only going to reinitiate this on the 15th on Friday, there is going to be a four-day period where there is no emergency authorization, where which means all the emergency authorized ejections and treatments and lockdowns and mask mandates and everything are illegal. I've been bringing this point up constantly from the beginning of this. There's been at least four or five times I can find. If you just go through the dates, you'll find these week lapses, three-day lapses between these reinitiation. I find that to be very telling. Now, it could just be that they're busy and they don't realize they're lapsing or you know, this has to go through a process. It has to go through their reinitiation process and they have to reestablish it. They have to vote on it. And that's probably why. But what they're not going to tell you is that they missed their mark. And while that is open, that you are, they're breaking the law. But of course they don't care about that. Maybe we need Jimmy Dore to yell about this for somebody to pay attention. <laughs> We've been talking about this from the very beginning. Let's hope it squeaks out on some other channel because this needs to be given attention. Well, let's wait and see what happens. I promise you it's going to happen on Friday and no one will pay be any the wiser unless we make it people pay attention. Now, while all this is happening, guys, all these things that are still going on are that much more unjustifiable, but I mean, does it really need to be that they're breaking the emergency authorization to see how dangerous this is? As this, as this points out, you can see these clips right here. I think this is loud enough. Even you have Justin Trudeau. This is a new movie that, uh, that we're calling that he's, he's actually in this documentary. You, they point this out and they make, a, I just want to play two points on here where he's pointing out that both Trudeau and Boris Johnson say in their own words that it doesn't protect you from catching whatever's going on. And it doesn't protect you from passing it on and then go, but get your booster though. Right. So if it doesn't stop you from catching or transmitting, which we've been telling you from day one, then this not doing anything. It's even argue it's it's questionable whether it's in fact reducing your symptoms, guys. I don't believe that based on the data that I'm seeing. But regardless, if they're the ones telling you that transmission is what drives the variants, then it is a pandemic of the injected. There's no doubting that. Remember, there's booster after booster. Even a fully vaccinated individual can pass on. Uh, COVID-19 doesn't uh, protect you against catching the disease and it doesn't uh, doesn't protect, protect you against passing it off. So now is the time to get your booster. Why would now be the time to get your booster? Why would that even make sense? If you can still catch it and spread it, well, you're supposed to, it's just a fantasy Rogaine analogy where, well, it would have been worse if I hadn't. Agree. Come on. Are we that stupid? I don't believe so. I think most people can see through this. I truly do. But here is what I keep talking about. Now they're coming out and admitting the very thing, probably so they can transition their the fervor into the new thing they're dumping out on you. COVID boosters might be, it's not might be. I mean, even they say might be when their own data is not might be, is yes, it's there. Like this study they're pointing at is not saying maybe, it's saying this is the case. So why does NBC New York feel the need to put might be? Might be less than 20% effective after a few months. 
An Italian review of COVID studies found that boosters restore vaccine efficacy against Omicron initially, but that protection falls off quickly. July 8th. Now, is this 20% absolute risk reduction or is it 20% relative risk reduction? You know the answer to that. We've known that from the beginning. They got caught using one over the other and they just kept going with relative risk reduction. That's what they use. So this, if we're talking 20% relative risk reduction, you're talking a less than 1%. That's the reality of what these numbers actually mean. That's why this was used from the beginning. And even Fauci was forced to admit that they made a mistake, but then continued to use it. Pfizer reported that its vaccine shows a 95% efficacy. That sounds like it protects you 95% of the time, right? But that's not actually what that number means. That 95% refers to the relative risk reduction, but it doesn't tell you how much your overall risk is reduced by vaccination. For that, we need absolute risk reduction. In the Pfizer trial, 8 out of 18,198 people who were given the vaccine developed COVID-19. In the unvaccinated placebo group, 162 people got it, which means that even without the vaccine, the risk of contracting COVID-19 was extremely low at 0.88%, which the vaccine then reduced to 0.04%. So the net benefit or the absolute risk reduction that you're being offered with a Pfizer vaccine is 0.84%. That 95% number, that refers to the relative difference between 0.88% and 0.04%. That's what they call 95% relative risk reduction. And relative risk reduction is well known to be a misleading number, which is why the FDA recommends using absolute risk reduction instead, which begs the question, how many people would have chosen to take the COVID-19 vaccines had they understood that they offered less than 1% benefit? Now, somebody made a really good point in the, in the uh, Rockfin chat. Uh, ACJ9988A says the weed killer article is also to drive in that we have to reimagine our food chain. It's a great point, right? This is, this is one of the things we're seeing, like the, kind of the same point I'm making right here, right? Why are they now saying this? Well, because I believe there's a transition to the next step. So this is the point to go, well, now it's losing its, you know, it's, it's push, but don't worry. Here's the new thing to take. And a lot of people will fall right into it. Don't wear the cloth mask anymore. Wear the N95. Or wait, instead of asking, wait a minute. So they were wrong about those the whole time. They just, people just dutifully follow into the next thing. But the point is about the article, right? That would make sense. So they point at the very thing they destroyed to argue why we need to push forward. Sort of how they destabilize a country and then turn around and go, look at how bad it is over there. We need to jump in and help, even though they're already there and they caused the destabilization, right? That is a very good point. If you, if they've made sure, whether by accident or by action or by, I guess, conscious choice, made the glyphosate ubiquitous around the world and then used that to argue our food supply is broken. So here's what we need to transition into a artificially created food supply to correct, to save it from this. That would make a lot of sense. But see, the problem is a lot of average people can't grasp that long-term kind of madness, global scale, evil agenda, right? The evil villain kind of thing, which is very real. We watch this stuff play out. Very great point. Now, where were we here? Right, right here. So Back to the point about admitting how non, how ineffective these are. Imagine, you know, safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective, it's safe and effective, and then except that here it's not effective, so take the next one. But they're still safe and effective. So you know what you're saying? Like if you're saying safe and effective, and then pointing out something that shows they're not effective, that's not safe and effective. And here's another article that shows how unsafe it is. But they're all safe and effective, so take the safe and effective shot because the safe and effective. It's a, it's a mantra. It's it's a nonstop mantra to drill these into your brain. COVID booster shots appear to be less than 20% effective relative 
against infection, which is not even the truth, by the way. That's the article mis. It's about reduction of trans of reduction. Nothing on the table for them is about reducing. Inf- they, they do not stop transmission. So when you're talking about stopping infection, that's talking about transmission. But they use that broad term because the people on the Twitterverse don't know any better. Against infection, nothing they have stops infection. With the Omicron variant of the virus just a few months after the booster is given. Well, remember that whole point about the three-month point to say, let's see if I can bring that up still. I haven't talked about it. I mean, it's so funny how, how much this has been vindicated. Right there. I just love it. We're all people that were happy to jump in and say, you're fake news because that's not real. And now we're being completely shown that that was always real. And this was always the point. And St. Louis and other governments just got ahead of their game. They pushed this out too early. This was from St. Louis. And remember, I've said many times there was like three other ones we had, but we, I wasn't only able to save the one. Fourth Amendment amended quarantine and isolation order, which was alarming in and of itself. The idea that they could force quarantine you if they wanted to. But as always, the point was down here. Fully vaccinated. What does fully vaccinated mean? Well, it goes on to be exactly what we kept telling you, that you're even if you die within 13 days, that's unvaccinated, right? You're not fully vaccinated until you get to the right after the, or whatever, the two-dose period. But the point down here was a person, it says additionally, after three months from the last dose, you're no longer fully vaccinated. Why would they have said that all the way back then? All the way back in February 16, 2021. And then deleted it really quickly because they always knew this because their data always showed this from the very beginning. Don't forget, we now know that. We now have their early data that shows they always knew this waned right away. They were desperate to hide that. The government knows they knew that and they're also helping them hide that. There's no other answer. It's out there. That's why so many people are waking up to this, including plenty of highly regarded experts and doctors and scientists. But they knew it was a problem. They knew that it would wane after months, three months, in fact. And that's why they're not talking three-month boosters and so on, because it stops working instantly. In fact, it increases your risk immediately within the first seven days. That was one of their own studies. It increases the risk of infection, but then drops back down. But then after three months, it, uh, it goes to negative 75% efficacy. Since I'm pointing it out, I might as well grab it again. There it is. And now we just talked about this, but it's important. For, oh, look at that. No way. They deleted his tweet? I bet you they made him delete that. Oh, no, there it is. I must hit the wrong one. Okay, so this is the tweet, the, the study, and you can see is again, right here, after three months, negative 76. And the next study, back that up too. Why would you take something like that? Knowing that your natural immunity is better against anything we're talking about. That's always been the case. That's always been the background is the vaccination technology. And now they just lie to you about that. But here's the study they're pointing out. This is the study that they, they misdescribed, but it's very clear. A, system, a systematic review, of, and first of all, just to be clear, it's not a new thing. It's a review of other studies. So we know how many of these studies have been done appropriately, which is always the case. It's not to say that it's only COVID. Somebody made the point on Twitter the other day. These are just people, guys. Scientists, doctors, they're no better than the other per- other realm of humanity. They're people. They'll lie. They'll cheat. They'll alter things for their own benefit. They'll be paid. That's not to say that that's everybody or even the majority. I don't know for sure. I believe that it's been pretty compromised today, but it's just people. People will be driven to actions that are benefiting themselves. And they'll also rationalize things that shouldn't be rationalized because of a personal, you know, saving things for their family. It doesn't matter. The point is 
if you're reaching back into a time during which there's a lot of compromised information, just consider that. But even within that time where we know they were lying about this stuff or trying to cover up the reality, they still found this. Our results show that the vaccine efficacy specifically of the Pfizer injection and the Moderna injection and and the uh, AstraZeneca injection, those three, against any laboratory-confirmed infection with Delta, that's important, might have been lower than 70%. So that's the first point. Well, it's odd to me, and it's not really, it's very obvious, that they didn't mention that, right? Because they don't want you to think Delta is all Omicron. Omicron changed the game. That's what they want you to think. But we kept telling you that Valensky admitted Delta, they weren't stopping transmission. By the way, the reality was they were never stopping transmission because don't forget, as we told you right in the beginning and were censored for, they were never even trying to stop transmission. And they told you that they didn't even try to find that out because I argue they knew it wouldn't because it never did. The previous coronavirus injections, they didn't either. And they just skipped that part and the animal trials because they wanted to hide that and the fact that it was dangerous. This is all pretty obvious by now. But the point is, with Delta even, so before Omicron, they're telling you that it was under 70% relative risk reduction after the second dose, after a nine-month period. That's that's Guys, this is the reality, and arguably why that nine-month period came out just a minute ago. But it says, we found a marketed immune escape associated with Omicron infection and symptomatic disease, both after the administration of two and three doses. A fast decline of booster vaccine efficacy against Omicron was observed, with less than 20% against infection and less than 25% against symptomatic disease at nine months. So they're telling you right there, their lie is exposed. How can you have less than 25% efficacy against symptomatic disease? That, that's the idea of mild symptoms, of reducing your symptoms. You're being lied to. A 25% efficacy at reducing symptoms has, is not what they're telling you. That's not reducing your symptoms. But So let's be clear. If most of the people getting these injections, as according to the UK data and everywhere else, are the ones spreading it, four times the per 100,000 risk for spreading this according to the UK data, so if that's the case, and then you also have less than 25% efficacy of reducing symptoms, this is meaningless. These are relative risk reduction. This is meaningless. You are spreading it. You are catching it. And in fact, all the other danger that you're adding with the injection makes it exponentially worse than anything you could have done without it. I'm just, I'm, I'm not even trying to pretend this isn't the case anymore. The data is clear. The conclusion, this study provides a cohesive picture of the waning of vaccine protection. But let's keep pushing on everybody right now. They are still, understand, pushing this on people who haven't gotten it. They want you to take the Wuhan isolate they claim injection right now. If you've never gotten it, go take that first thing that doesn't even relate to what's happening right now. That only increases your risk. That increases your risk in general. Your immune system stops. I can't even imagine why people think this makes sense. This is criminal. This is the best word for it. But don't forget, though, that they, as they push this idea, and it's in this one too. Oh, I think I had another part in here. <clears throat> Oh, I guess not. Where was that? There's a part in here that says it doesn't matter that they're, they're pushing the idea that this is stopping the basically that you can catch this either way, whether it's a natural infection or the vaccine, like the, both of them are waning. And that's just not true. Your natural immunity to anything. And here's the point for those, of course, that are right, rightly so critical of the idea that this is even there, which I agree with. The point is that their scientific studies, as they say, trust the science, have roundly and across the board found that your personal experience with this, without injections involved, is the best possible outcome. Now, I'm not saying that, that you should buy that at face value. 
but you should be standing back and asking yourself, how can they be screaming that the injection is better, that the science shows this or that when the science literally doesn't? That's arguing from within their narrative and showing you that even their statements and the things they point to don't back up what they're saying. That's how bad of a way that they're in. We need to be able to see that and stop plugging our ears and stomping our feet because we get into an area that we don't want to talk about. Sort of like the 9-11 planes versus no planes and whatever else. How about we all just realize that we all acknowledge that the government did it? Right? I'm not even saying that it's wrong to have that debate, but don't shut down the discussion because you, oh, you think germs exist, you're crazy, you're a shill. We could both be wrong, right? The point is, or we, how about those people like me that are still straddling that line? That I believe that the decision has not been made yet. I believe that it's still up in the air. You can call, you can call me wishy-washy if you want. It still doesn't matter that we should be able to have this conversation. Having SARS-CoV-2 once confers much greater immunity than a vaccine. But it, then it goes on to say, but vaccination remains vital. That's how they keep their funding, in my opinion. But the finding is clear. That having one time with this is better than an injection on science.org. Are they anti-science conspiracy theorists? That's what they would say. Duration of immune protection of SARS-CoV-2 natural infection against reinfection. Right? This is the this is one of the most, yes, the preprint, one of the most important ones. It's now finding very clearly that natural infection protects you against reinfection against any variant. That's what it's finding. Protection against severe reinfection remains very strong with no evidence of waning, irrespective of variant. Over 14 months. That's because that's the study time frame. Probably goes longer than that. The point is that this is finding the opposite of what they're telling you. It's all there. Here's another. This is one of the ones I always show. This is from 2021. Ultra potent antibodies. Right here, our study demonstrates that convalescent subjects previously infected with the original strain produce antibodies to cross neutralize emerging variants of concern with high potency. How do you miss all this stuff? Here's one of the older ones. Here's the WHO. Remember the don't challenge the WHO nonsense? May 10th, 2021. Within four weeks after natural infection without injections in your body, 90 to 99% of individuals infected with SARS-CoV-2 virus develop detectable antibodies. How can this all be there and yet they act like they don't even believe it's there? Remember the whole idea? Here, I'll just grab this because it's funny. This is one of the ones I always laugh about the most. I told you this would come back to bite them too. Not listen, pop it up. Hold on. There it is. This is hilarious to me. Mother Jones, remember this one? Anti-vaxxers have a dangerous theory called natural immunity in quotes. <laughs> now it's going mainstream. Are you, are you dense? I mean, how could you possibly pretend that you didn't know what natural immunity was before this started? And you read the article, it's not about some broad, it's about a, the broad concept that, you, that vaccines are not the way to go. Yes, it's focused around COVID-19, but it's not saying that COVID-19 natural immunity, they're just, she's generally talking about the fact that it's, it's unscientific to argue that you can have natural immunity that's better than an injection. It's just, and she's a health writer. I mean, my God, how embarrassing. So again, the bottom line is this stuff has always been there. Here's the NIH website from January 26, 2021. Lasting immunity found after recovery from COVID-19. I mean, it just gets stupider and stupider. Then you can ask yourself this, if that's the case, and you can question it, you should. If that's the case, and we know, according to them, again, not taking a face value, but their narrative is, you see how they, they, they corner themselves with this, that a majority of Americans have already been infected with this, right? This is from the Washington Post. Here's the page. Just you can see it without. Coronavirus has infected a majority of Americans. Here's the USA Today. After Omicron, CDC finds nearly 60% over a majority of Americans 
and 75% of more kids have been infected. So right there, we should be realizing that that means by their logic, not saying I'm buying at face value, but their logic that most of these people have some form of immunity. And you can look at the peer-reviewed science that finds that not only do they have it, but it's lasting, durable, and robust, according to every one of these you read. So what does that mean? How is that possible? How can we staring this in the face and know that they're everything from within their narrative, yet they don't acknowledge it? How do you not see what a scam this is? They're hiding this from you. The bottom line being that most people who are getting these injections are hurting themselves. They're taking something that for that creates a reaction that's not beneficial or that's not related to something that's in natural environment, not the right antibodies. When most people they claim have already been infected, meaning they already have natural immunity that's better anyway, and the injections do negative have negative consequences, especially when you've already developed immunity, according to everything we've continued to talk about. Their scientific research shows that, that having an injection after that actually hurts your body. And not only that, as both the Red Cross and different reports have shown, that it actually removes the antibodies. Under COVID-19 vaccine, you're going to want to listen to this. The Red Cross says anyone who has received their COVID-19 vaccine cannot donate convalescent plasma to help other COVID-19 patients in hospitals. That plasma is made up of antibodies from people who have recovered from the virus, but the vaccine wipes out those antibodies, making the convalescent plasma ineffective in treating other COVID-19 patients. And we also know that Bauer from the, from the, the Pfizer scientist made the same point, right? I mean, it's been, it's been discussed many times. Now, here is the pandemic of the injected on that same point, right? All the people that are being tricked into this are the ones that are being hurt by it. It's all very apparent. Here's the New South Wales report again. Now, there's a couple points to recognize. Again, look at the zero to nine report and realize that there are only three kids that they claim are admitted to the ICU in the emergency room and only one death in this last period. And again, that's all people that are they're doing with PCR tests and everything else. Based on all the reports, if we only have six total in the entire reported Bayer system, I find it hard to believe that they're having, you know, it, it's based on people that are getting PCR tests and the kids that are dying from other issues or that were already in the hospital. That's my opinion, but that's already been shown by Newsweek and other corporate media outlets where they come in and go, yeah, 50% of the numbers are not even real. And yet we still keep pushing the idea, yet we're still pushing these on children that don't need them. But the real point to walk away with here is to realize where the bulk of this is again. In the age groups that are, and again, the least at the most risk, apparently don't have any problem with, despite the fact having no injections, but then the people that are getting the most of them in the nursing homes are still the ones that are dying. Now, you could argue that that's expected, that, but the point is that does not seem accurate when you break this down. They even it out and break it down. But here, for people that are getting their vaccination status, this is what's important. The no-dose category in this last week, it's the same every time. Zero in the hospital, zero, only one in the ICU, and they claim 19 deaths. Now, remember, anybody that gets sick and dies within 14 days of that first shot still gets counted as no dose. They'll admit that in this report. They admit that everywhere. So just at the very least puts a caveat on it. But let's just take 19. How do you, how do you not acknowledge that this right here showing this explosion of hospital visits from people with two up doses, two, three, four, or five? Then you can go to the ICU, same point. Exponentially more week to week than any other category is people with injections. And the deaths, look at this. 70, 80, 80 plus deaths out of 116 total. I mean, guys, we're talking about 70 plus percent of all the deaths in week to week. And it's more than that, really, when you break it up, doing it really quickly 
in the people injected every single week. That's not what they would have promised. If they come out and say majority or not, I don't care if it's the majority injected or not, which by the way, those numbers aren't as clear as we thought they were before. And said that 70% of people that are injected will be the ones die, or 70% of the deaths every week will be the ones with the injections in their body. They would never argue that would make sense. Total is 116. 666, weird, 52 total ICUs. Here's their report written out. Of This is where it becomes more transparent. Of the 116 people who reported to have died with COVID-19 in this last week, 115 of them were eligible for a third dose of COVID-19 vaccine, but only 77 had received a third dose. So that shows you this weird wiggle room. If only one person in that group, that group, one of them, did not have injections in their body, what are we talking about? 52 were aged care residents, 43 died in care facilities, which again is the point from the very beginning. These people are, these numbers are slanted very clearly for the people that are at most, they're giving people that are at the most risk an injection that puts them at exponentially more risk. And just like in the beginning, the same thing, they're getting hurt by it. Eight people aged 65 years died with COVID-19. Three of the cases have received no doses of vaccine. Three. Three of them. That's it. Deaths are considered COVID-19 deaths for surveillance purposes if the person died with COVID-19, not necessarily because COVID-19 was a cause of death. Just remembering how wishy-washy this all is. Now, what we're seeing is the same reports from any doctors anywhere that are willing to point this out. She's pointing out, this is not normal. From a source of mine who works at the hospital in Omaha, 89 patients now in the ER, I've never seen so many. Three under 30, chest pain. Three females under 35, vaginal bleeding. Arm swelling, stroke-like symptoms, times 12, abdominal pain, all under 40. 60 points under 55 years old. Patients, excuse me. The point, as we're seeing this everywhere. My brother, in fact, is friends with some nurses here in, the, in his area. And he's asking and they're going, we're, we have like 10 strokes today. Like it's un, they've never seen this before. And all they want to do is blame it on everything under the sun, except the thing that causes blood clots. Roger Cooper points out, sadly pulled my daughters from Girl Scouts camp today after getting an email that they were, that they were now requiring masks for everything, but eating and sleeping. Oh, excuse me. I got this out of, I had this out of order. That's, that's frustrating. For some reason, I thought that was about the other topic. In any case, I guess that goes back to the mask discussion. Or wait, am I getting confused here? Where were we? Oh, see, that's what it was. I just got, I'm, I'm, see, I'm confusing myself. We'll, we'll jump this down here. <laughs> we'll come back to that. Okay. Where were we here? Closing my place. Okay. Say, I mean, it's still a valid point and all the stuff we talk about. But the reality being, that this is being seen across the board and people are just willing to acknowledge it. And here's Peter McCullough pointing out, Dr. McCullough, Canada having a hard time declaring the mass mandated program a failure. Of course they won't, right? Just like, just like with the emergency authorization point from that show, all they're going to be, all they're going to do is argue that what they did is what they thought was the right thing, right? Well, we, we thought we were doing the right thing. So as, and because of the, a, a, the emergency authorization and the secret behind the scenes idea, well, you know, we did the right thing. We thought we were doing the right thing, but we're not legally accountable. No reductions in hospitalizations and deaths, according to their data. Overall rates down, given milder strains, that's what we've been telling you was going to happen, but cases and hospitalizations embarrassingly doubled and tripled, suggesting no protection. Or my argument would be that it's showing hurting people. It's obviously hurting people. 
I mean, that's becoming impossible to miss. Was the money returned from AstraZeneca? I doubt it. Now, what they're using to cover this up, in my opinion, is that everything under the sun is causing blood clots. Now, I'm not even trying to suggest that these things are, don't have some scientifically valid connection, but ask yourself how ridiculous it is to go out of your way to point out literally anything, even with the smallest connection, to be causing blood clots while you're watching something that they've admitted causes blood clots continue to cause blood clots, or at least not even including that in the conversation. I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. Here's Taylor Hudak. Could sipping on the nation's favorite drink be increasing your risk for blood clots? Maybe. Or perhaps it's a significant risk associated with the experimental injection pushed into a majority of uninformed public at the past year and a half. Exactly. Blood clots, the nation's favorite drink, could make your blood sticky. Oh, really? There it is. Could make your sticky blood. Oh, caffeinated drinks can increase your blood clot risk. I'm sure that's true. Probably with a lot of the 100,000 other things. How about cigarettes and alcohol? Oh, shut up about that. We can't talk about those industries. Blood clots. How do you sleep? One position may increase the risk of deep vein thrombosis. Ask, you, ask yourself this, guys. How many of you in your lifetime had ever even heard of deep vein thrombosis before COVID-19? Now you're being reported about how your sleep can cause it. It just seems very suspicious, does it not? Express again. Blood clots. Avoid sitting still <laughs> for too long to prevent deep vein thrombosis. Andrew, they're coming from all angles. Well, what made you sit still more than anything? Well, that's right. The lockdowns and quarantines and everything else. It's your fault. You did it. Does binge watching TV increase the risk of blood? They're just going, like, what do most Americans do? They sit in their homes and watch TV. Okay, well, let's make those things the blood clot causes, right? Sitting there watching TV causing deadly blood clots. They're just going anything where you sit idle. You know what? Sitting in an airplane. We've always known these things, but these risks are minimal. Get up and walk around for a couple of minutes. The point is they're trying to use anything to point this stuff out. It's everywhere. How likely is it to get a blood clot from birth control? Well, of course, there's some kind of a connection here, but why is it being written about now? Here's one you can look at. I mean, it's just, they're everywhere. Here's the one we were just talking about the other day. Urgent warning to gardeners. The soil increases risk of heart disease. Falling asleep on your TV. Hotter nights can increase your blood clots or your heart disease risk. Do you have a flight plan? Like this says, physical activity may increase heart attack risk. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Rise in heart attacks attributed to pandemic stress. Poor eating. I mean, guys, it just never ends. It's over and over. Here's an interesting one. Global external defibrillator market to be driven by the increasing need to respond to cardiac arrest emergencies in the forecast period of 2022 to 2027. I mean... This is an interesting point to talk about, like how they're installing defibrillators in streets or in subways and why that even makes sense. Like to act like we have money to do to, to install defibrillators all over the place, but we can't feed people that don't have food or we can't do. I mean, like, it's just ridiculous. Because like, you could argue that this, it's, it's a nice service. Like if, it was, if, there, if we had none of the stuff happening today, it's like saying, well, why not? People do have heart attacks. Why not have a defibrillator all over? Yes, but that's not why it's happening. It's happening very timely, right along the time when people are having heart attacks at unprecedented rates. And that you're putting money into this expensive distribu distribu uh, distribution of an expensive item while there's a million other things people are desperate to have. This, in my opinion, is a cover-up. As we pointed out the other day, as Sal Agris points out, 2019, 16 cases of myocarditis. 2029, 2021, 2,301. 
There's just no more obvious situation. There's something wrong. If it was COVID-19, it would have been seen in 2020, guys. It's very simple. But I love this point. This guy goes, keep trying. Very dismissive and snide. The relative risk of myocarditis and pericarditis is actual COVID infection. You know, the sip that just regurgitating what you're told, which is not even true. It's much higher after the vaccine. So yeah, the vaccine's associated with this. It's just frustrating. That's why I came in and said, keep trying and posted the new peer-reviewed science, to which there was no response. Shocking. It's almost like you, you don't care. Like when you come back and be like, I'm sorry, you're right. That never happens anyway. But don't forget, Here's the study to challenge that idea that they'll always spit out at you when you start talking about this. Well, COVID has a higher risk of it. No, it doesn't. I'm not just saying it because of this one study. It's because it's obvious based on all the research we've shown. Peer-reviewed, Tel Aviv University even, April 15th, post-COVID-19 infection was not associated with myocarditis. We did not observe an increase. It's pretty simple. There's plenty of other research around this. Next one. They keep pushing this in regard to climate change. We just talked about that person online. This is my, my climate anxiety caused my stroke. How do you know that? That's a guess. That's a, it's a willful guess. Whether heart attack, stroke, or premature birth, we are already experiencing how climate change is affecting our health. Great way to just cover up everything we're seeing, right? Heart attack, stroke, birth problems, all climate change. Hell, quote, the healthcare system therefore needs a common agenda for climate protection. Climate protection? This is, for, this is from the Bermer Press. My God. And then enter Tedros. I'm telling you, within a very alarming way, st- acting like he's somehow the global czar for health. They've, in the past, he was never, the, anyone in a position for that matter, was never this forward about their opinions on Twitter. And just listen to what he says right here. Basically chastising the world for not controlling what their populations eat and ingest. And I mean, my God, it says globally, the collective failure to sustain healthier populations as if it's their choice. Am I not allowed to be unhealthy? Do you decide that for everybody? Oh, it's a collective good that we need to install on everybody, right? You, your health matters to everybody else. You don't get to do that. You're a suggestive body. You don't get to tell us, but that's what they're trying to change, aren't they? <clears throat> Having a treaty with teeth so they can go and say, you can't have that McDonald's. You have to use this straw. That's what's happening. Not to say that there's not valid things to point out, of why we shouldn't keep using disposable plastics. But the point is, it should be your choice. It should always be your choice. Globally, the collective failure to sustain healthier populations carries huge and avoidable costs for all countries. You know, the we're not all, no one's safe till we're all safe kind of mantra. That your actions over there are hurting everybody everywhere. Now, that may even be true, but you don't get to subjectively apply this to the world based on what you think is most important. For example, he says, tobacco and alcohol use. Look at that. Coming after the the classic ideas that they've always allowed while censoring everything around it or stopping everything around it that was actually healthier. Unhealthy diets, air pollution, and insufficient physical exercise. So now he's he's claiming that it's your government's fault for not forcing you to exercise? Contribute to most non-communicable diseases, which account for 72% of all global deaths. Now, hear me out. I'm not suggesting he's, like, I'm reading between the lines here. I think it's very clear. He's not, we'll get to the bottom and you'll see my point. Just to be clear for those that are chomping at the bit to say, he didn't say that. What he's suggesting very clearly is globally the collective health failure to sustain healthier populations, as if it's the government's job to sustain healthy populations, right? That's not the truth. It says obesity has tripled since 1975, and around 2 billion people are overweight worldwide. 
Some 2.2 billion people around the world do not have safety, safe, have not safely managed drinking water. And two and 4.2 billion people do not have safe, uh, safely managed sanitation. Now, a lot of this, guys, the point can be made that a lot of this ties back to U.S. foreign policy. It's not even, a, I mean, that's, it's not even hypothetically. What about Gaza? What about Syria? What about, I mean, Ukraine obviously is a subjective point for a lot of people or contentious. That's, if you haven't realized by now that this is a U.S. driven war, then you're not paying attention. But everywhere else you could point out, Gaza is the best example. The, lar- the most densely civil- populated civilian area on the planet. And they have, what, so many hours of fresh drinking water a day? Yeah, that's by choice, guys. Or how about the fact that they're bombing and attacking infrastructure for water in Yemen? Yeah, but it's, but it's everybody else's fault, right? It's just, it's, it's, and obviously the World Health Organization knows this because at certain times they stand up and say, look at what they're doing in Yemen. It's not okay. It's against the law. They're war crimes. But then when he stands up on his podium, he feels, uh, I guess, driven not to point that out when he's making a point about those things. There also remains a 31-year discrepancy between the countries with the shortest and longest life expectancies. Perhaps most urgently, and here comes the, the, the final point, Action is needed to safeguard the health of the planet by addressing the threat of climate change, which we all, which we will have huge benefits both for the health of our planet and the health of people. Okay, so what's the point here? He's calling everybody out. He's, it's, this is Greta with Greta with glasses, right? This is say, how dare you not do what we're, you know, th- this is all building towards something else. The justification of changing the way that people conduct themselves. That's what's happening with the nitrogen reductions, the, the farming shutdowns. They're acting like this is the right move for the global health. Now, it may even be the case. I don't agree with that. But what is it doing? It's causing destabilization. It's causing chaos. It's causing people to lose their jobs. People can't feed their families. All for what? Some, some undefined goal that they've decided on behind closed doors? You mean exactly what we always point at behind Davos and everything else and say that's, yeah, exactly. We're watching that play out. Who voted for this? Who voted for the reduction in carbon or, or, I mean, that's not happening. They're admitting to you in real time that we know what's best. Shut up. That's what's happening. Now, all that said, here's what's happening with the injections in your schools. It's, this is in, Right now, this is actually playing out where they're showing children this in your schools. Whoa, 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 my Okay, truth time. How was your vaccine really? It wasn't so bad. It just hurt for a second. Why did you have a needle in my arm? <laughs> Well, that's a shining endorsement. I think there could be some friends out there scared to get their shot. Can you explain how it works? Sure. We have these cells. We have these cells. That fight disease. Fight disease. Some protect it, some make antibodies. But with this germ, germ, we need to trick. We need to trick. Our bodies with some closer won't get sick. So when you roll, roll, roll to sleep, and you get your legs. I, I just, I can't even finish it, guys. This makes me sick. This is unbelievably disgusting. I mean, like, really take a minute and think about this. Why would this even be made? 
are the children making these choices? Like this, this very low level argument of somehow how this works. Like that's not even how it works. That's not even the actual way this works. So why don't you just say get the vaccine because that's the right thing or because it makes you safe. Like this is just meant to manipulate the minds of the child. So they go to their parents and say, mom, I know you said this is dangerous, but they said so. You're an evil anti-vaxxer. Like this is division. The parents should be the ones making this decision. This is disgusting. I mean, really, really bothers me that this continues to happen. Like the, like the one that we talked about with the, the Morgan Freeman. I mean, it's just, it's wrong. No matter whether you think it's the right choice or not, what they're doing is gross. It is wrong to, to manipulate children that way or anybody. I mean, it, Morgan Freeman's was, you know, you trust me, then, then take the vaccine. It's like, what are you, six years old? What adult out there is going to go, oh, I like him. I'll get it. Some people, and that's what they're aiming at. It's ridiculous to me. Now, lockdowns, as we're talking about masks, we'll talk about masks next, are coming back. This is happening. And this is this is in Hong Kong, guys, but it's all over the world. We're seeing slow creeping of this. Hong Kong's new health minister announced that from Friday, interesting time frame, the emergency re, re, reinitiated on Friday, all COVID patients under home quarantine will have to wear an electronic bracelet in order to prevent them from leaving home. Yeah, remember that conspiracy theory? I mean, this has always been on the table. They've been discussing this before this ever started. It's crazy to me. Now, what I meant, by the way, to be clear, the, the health emergency being reinitiated is in the United States, but this is just an interesting correlation. But in the United States, as they still are, and this is the dumbest part about this, even as we've seen the obvious reality, the, the data that backs it up in every possible way that the lockdowns were damaging for people, that they hurt people, that they did everything under the sun other than they claim reducing case transmission, which that was not even true. Right, that's the dumb part about it. They go, well, it reduced the spread. No, it didn't. <laughs> that's not even true. But on top of that, it did everything else bad. It destroyed economies. It destroyed livelihoods. It destroyed businesses. It destroyed mental health. But here's the point. I love how dumb this is. It comes in, as they say, new data suggests that the damage from shifting or shutting down schools has been worse than almost anyone expected. Well, uh, one second really quick, guys. Let me play this real quick. Is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press. Data download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find... Apologies. Okay, so the bottom line is, guys, that they're bringing this back all around the world. And the idea is that the economist is admitting the new data suggests, right? The new data, you mean it's different than every other part of the data that continue to show this from the very beginning? It's exactly like the first part. The new study shows exactly what the conspiracy theorists have been telling you and being censored for from the beginning. Weird. New data suggests the damage from shutting down schools has been worse than almost anyone expected. <laughs> it's just, I said worse than almost anyone expected. All the experts, doctors, and scientists, and communicators 
except them who had the courage and the data to speak out early on and were ridiculed, attacked, and censored for it. But yeah, who knew? What a weird story. I mean, my God, how stupid this must be. How dumb they must feel to be pointing out exactly what they laughed at as the reality because the new thing shows. Really? As Slow News Day points out, don't you love how the same people who ordered our economic sanctions, which I agree with, that's the right way to look at it. We were under sanctions, guys. Our own government sanctioned us and forced us to new platforms are coming out saying, well, sure, they were right. But now they're lying and you lying to you about NATO. Censor more. Point is, whatever the new thing is. All right, yeah, they're right then, but they're wrong now. Madness. But on the mask topic, that's the most alarming for me because this is directly adding to the harm the danger, the health problems. New York City urges masking due to a high trend due to high transmission levels of COVID-19. The high transmission levels, which are completely spun forward by the increasing of the testing that has a wildly high false positive rate that very clearly combines flu and pneumonia as they post on their own website. But yeah, you know, big transmissions rates in every New York City. Oh, by the way, in every New York City borough. But by the way, don't forget that this is dangerous. This is less than the flu, so I don't even know why I would worry about that. In every New York City borough means that face masks should once again be worn in all public settings, as well as crowded outdoor settings, the city health department said. So masking, universal masking, back. The masking advice from the city and the federal government comes as the highly contagious BA5 subvariant. You know, they, they missed the memo. We're already on the BA275. Now the BA5 one, of course, just happens to be the one they focused on for the new injection. The subvariant of Omicron which can evade COVID vaccines, immunity from a prior coronavirus infection, fake, not true, or both, not true, earlier this month became the dominant strain. Right, so they want you to think that you're not protected, despite the fact that both the new scientific studies, peer-reviewed and otherwise, do in fact find, yes, you are protected, regardless, irrespective of the variant. But, you know, they don't like science. They like to say, trust the science. Well, they just don't look at the science. But it goes on to say, despite the greater rate of positivity, death, and hospitalization rates, have not risen. Right. So we're in danger of having something happen that doesn't make you die or go to the hospital. Why? What, what, isn't that the flu? Right. So despite what they keep yelling at you, it's not more dangerous and people aren't getting sick from it and going to the hospital. But wear the mask that's going to make you sick and go to the hospital. Right. Not making that up either. It does increase your illness, which we've shown many, many times. But this was this point from before. And I, this is incredible. Sadly, he pulled his daughters from the Girl Scouts to after they, again, initiated an e they sent him an email requiring masks for everything, everything but eating and sleeping. Think about how crazy that is. Let me play something really quickly, guys, and I'm going to try to get this handle. Be right back. People should not be walking around with masks. Let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better. And masks are protective. And we, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. There has not been any indication that putting a mask on and wearing a mask for a considerable period of time has any deleterious effects. There are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying uh, uh, inside uh, there? Of course. And, uh, you do not need to wear a mask indoors if, in fact, you've been vaccinated. But Good that you're vaccinated. But in a situation where you have people indoors, particularly crowded, you should wear a mask. So even if you are vaccinated, you should wear a mask. If, in fact, you are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, you are protected and you do not need to wear a mask outdoors or indoors. When the children go out into the community, 
you want them to continue to wear masks. You know, if you look at, at, at children outside, particularly when they're with the family, uh, walking down the street, playing a game or what have you, don't have to wear a mask. The, 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 the pediatric, the Academy of Pediatric, actually makes that recommendation that children should be wearing masks uh, from two years old onward. And you're asking now if your child is a member of your household, can you walk outdoors with your child without a mask? According to that chart, the answer is yes. But the child can't, not to beat it, yeah. beat it to death. Yeah. Yes, yes. Because now the CDC says, I mean, I think I've got this right. One mask is better than zero masks. Two masks is better than one mask. But you don't have to have double masks. Is is that right? I mean, (laughs) it became clear that cloth coverings that you didn't have to buy in a store that you could make yourself were adequate. And then you want it to fit better. So one of the ways you could do it, if you would like to, is put a cloth mask over, which actually here and here and here where you could get leakage in is much better contained. Are you a double masker, Dr. Fauci? Look like you- <laughs> Apologies for that, ladies and gentlemen. So the point being, to get back into it, that this is coming back everywhere, and especially for the people that are at the most risk. Like why in the world we think it's acceptable to give children or, or rather force these children to wear these masks so that they can live the lives they want to live. Right? I mean, we're literally talking about pulling them out of their social circles, whether school, Girl Scouts. I mean, it's really crazy. Now, this is what we're seeing as well from Newsday. Face masks should once again be worn in all public indoor settings as well as crowded outdoor. Same point. As I said, this is despite the science. These are just a few of the links that I've shown many times, but let's just quickly go over them again to wrap up before the last Ukraine point. This is the Fulgen effect. This is peer-reviewed science. This is recent, February 18, 2022. I highlighted this time, so I went up to search for it. These findings suggest that mask use might pose a yet unknown threat to the user instead of protecting them, making mask mandates a debatable epidemiological intervention. That's peer-reviewed science, ladies and gentlemen. How in the world are we pretending that this isn't valid? Or why isn't this part of the conversation when they force children to do this? Don't, I mean, isn't this incredible? You guys have seen this before, but I mean, we need to recognize how outrageous this is. Fine, then the last point I just want to include since we're going over this. The use of better masks, this also applies to the, you know, oh, use the N95s instead. Well, what it says is with the higher droplet filtering capacity, Oh, I, I'll, I'll read the conclusion first. So it makes that more clear. What it says, this study revealed that wearing face masks might impose a great risk on individuals. Oh, that wasn't it. Hold on. Did I skip a part? Oh, I think I accidentally hit the part beneath this. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay. It's right here. It says the cause of this trend, the Fogan effect, it's important to understand what this is, is explaining herein that using the Fogan effect theory, that is deep re-inhalation of hyper-condensed droplets or pure virons caught in face masks as droplets can worsen prognosis and might be linked to long-term effects of COVID-19 infection. While the Fogan effect is proven in, in vivo in the animal model, further researchers needed to understand it. So this is a proven concept, guys. But then it goes on to make that point, to say that that is hap- with, the, with the higher droplet filtering capacity of N95s, it should cause an even stronger Fogan effect. Realize these masks were not and are not made to do this unless they're specifically the high-level kinds that are actually designed to filter these things out. These N95s that you can buy are not 
statistically significant in reducing transmission. That's a fact. And then what they're saying is because of that and the fact that their higher filtration actually increase this problem because the number of virons that are potentially re-inhaled increases in the same way that outward shredding is reduced. Another salient point is that COVID-19 related long-term effects and MISC, they keep arguing as part of the in, part of the COVID-19 issue, may all be a direct cause of this exact thing. Remember when I argued that in the very beginning? Well, bacterial pneumonia, virus entry into the alveola and blood without being restricted to the upper respiratory tract and bronchi can and, and can cause damage by irritating an immune reaction in most organs. We have New study, face mask usage correlates with higher death rates using data from 35 different countries and 602 million people. Peer-reviewed study confirms previous research and cautions use a face mask. My God, may have harmful unintended consequences. 35 countries, 600 million people. But yeah, let's force it on children tomorrow. Makes sense, doesn't it? This is why they hate our show, guys. Peer-reviewed science. Correlation. Again, to be clear, for those that love to shout it down, I'm not saying I trust it blindly. It's just one data point along many. But the point is they claim they're trusting the science that they ignore. That's the point. April 19th, peer-reviewed. Correlation between mass compliance and COVID-19 outcomes in Europe. There's a lot of data in here, but the main point is clear. While no cause-effect conclusions could be inferred from this observational analysis, which it is, the lack of negative co- correlation between mask usage and COVID cases and deaths meaning that it didn't show a decrease, suggests that the widespread use of masks at a time when an effective intervention was most needed, i.e. during the certain period, 2001 to 21, was not able to reduce transmission. We know that. Moreover, the moderate positive correlation, meaning an increase between mass and usage and death in Western Europe, also suggests the universal use of masks may have had harmful unintended consequences. This is all peer-reviewed science. Where are they? Right? Where are all the other people? Where'd you get to Jimmy Doors and all these higher people out there that keep, you know, the middle ground? Grab this, talk about it. The problem is that half their audience is desperately hanging on to the mask idea. Or that, you know, there's the there's a mixed bag there. These things need to be pointed out. Help me get this out to people. We've been banging our head against this wall for two years. Here's another one from the Lancet. Revisiting pediatric COVID-19 cases in countries with and without school mask requirements. This one's important because they make a really great state. This is from the Lancet, by the way. It makes a really important point that they, they say, look, we replicated the CDC study and we found similar results. However, when they incorporated a larger sample and longer period, they showed no significant relationship between masks and their case rates, the mandates and the case rates. And why did they give an explanation for that? They said, we failed to establish a relationship between school masking and pediatric cases using the same method, but a larger, more nationally diverse population over a long interval. Our study demonstrates that observational studies of interventions with small to moderate effect sizes are prone to bias caused by selection and omitted variables. This is them calling them out, guys. What they're saying is when you choose a very specific observational isolated study and handpick certain locations, you make it biased. They did that on purpose. They've shown themselves to continually do that on purpose. That's why I'm confident in saying that. This was a manipulation. It's an altered study to make it look a certain way. And when the Lancet simply took the same idea and made it a real study and did a larger, multi-diverse national population study, guess what? They found no correlation, weirdly like the CDC did when they went small and selected the ideas. That's a lie. That is being caught altering data. 
Here's a new one, and the reason I brought it up today. Not only because they're reinitiating it, but because this is a new study from September 2022. Carbon dioxide rises beyond acceptable safety levels in children under nose and mouth covering. Remember that whole argument from the very beginning and all the ZM, Z, uh, Z, uh, was it D, uh, Z Dog, MD, all those fact check debunkers that have millions of followers on Facebook and YouTube and all attacked everything like the antibody dependent enhancement, which is very obviously real, peer reviewed science found, laughed them off and said, You dummies, that's not how masks work. Here's peer-reviewed science confirming again results of an experimental measured study in healthy children. Now, there's been plenty of other backing on this, but just to cut to the chase, that's talking about the concentration of carbon dioxide into the mask. Now, we had people from OSHA using OSHA sensors to do it, and they showed you, look how high it is. Well, here's the peer, and they laughed at it and said, you guys are so stupid. Well, is this peer-reviewed study stupid? Were they, did they, were they too dumb to realize they weren't? They're scientists, guys. They knew this was valid. Not to say you should blindly trust it especially since we already have an idea, which would be confirmation bias, question it. But the valid point is made just like we did with the testing of the, of the concentration under the mask. In conclusion, we have produced experimental data that show that carbon dioxide can, content in inhaled air rises on average to 13,000 to 13,750 parts per million, no matter whether children wear a surgical or a higher level mask. This is far beyond the level of 2,000 parts per million considered the limit of acceptability. Think about that. That is six times the acceptable amount for children and beyond the 1,000 parts per million that are normal for in air-enclosed air rooms. So you're having 13 times the amount of the, what the normal level is. This, and think about small one-year-olds, two-year-olds, three-year-olds, 10-year-olds wearing these masks. This is far beyond that level. This estimate is rather on the low side, as we only measured this after a short time period without physical exertion. So that's, they're, they're telling you it's way worse than this. If you actually measure it in a longer period of time, and then maybe when they run a mile, you're going to find unbelievably high levels. Decision makers and law courts should take this into consideration when establishing rules and guidance to fight infections, says ScienceDirect.com. Highly regarded outlet. Nothing. In fact, not only nothing, it's from September. They say, do it anyway. Announcing forced masks coming back. This is incredible. This is not only unscientific, guys. This is in contravention. This is in direct contradiction to the science that is currently there. And as I pointed out the other day, here's a so-called expert. I guess, you know, I, you know, I guess you can call it whatever. JC, the JCVI chief calling for mandatory masks in hospitals. These are supposed to be the people we listen to. They're not even looking at the newest, the peer-reviewed science, or by the way, the older science. Isn't that the funny part? That it's not just the new stuff, as I've showed you a hundred times. Here's the 2015 only random controlled trial you will find on cloth masks for the British Medical Journal. The rates of all infection outcomes were the highest in the cloth mask arm. This study, the random controlled trial of cloth masks, moisture retention, reuse of cloth masks, and pore filtration may increase your risk of infection. Why would you wear that? Further research is needed to reinform the widespread of these cloth masks. Instead, what they did was force them on everybody. Cloth masks should not be recommended. Oh, and let's take it all the way back to the beginning. You know, back when we covered this, right when this all started. May 2020, CDC, massive meta-analysis of, where was the number? Uh, oh, it's right here. 14 random controlled trials. 
Anyway, the, the specific mass one of the ones we're talking about. In pooled analysis of all these different cases, two studies in universities, one study with face masks, household studies, laboratory studies. The point is, in the pooled analysis of everything, we found no significant reduction in influenza transmission with the use of face masks. They just chose influenza for respiratory purposes, and it applies to respiratory viruses. That's why they use influenza-like illness in this conversation. Ten random controlled trials. There is limited evidence for the effectiveness in preventing influenza virus transmission, either when worn by the infected person for source control or when worn by uninfected persons to reduce exposure. Our systematic review found no significant effect of face masks on transmission of laboratory-confirmed influenza. We pointed it out then. They said, you don't know science. We're not talking about influenza. Here we are. Same point. It was the same before. The only time this got weird was during COVID-19. Here's an interesting point to add. It says at this time when they claim they knew this is law, just trust the science, right? It's common sense. Well, apparently not, because here's what the, the CDC was saying in the middle. There are still a few uncertainties in the practice of face mask use, such as who should wear the mask and how long should it be worn for? So it seems like on a dime, they just goes, we know for sure, get it on the kids. Funny how that just changed, right? It's almost like they knew that it would increase their illness and chose to do it anyway. Well, maybe we're back there again. Well, to finish up here, guys, let's talk about Ukraine. Here's one of these Ukraine journalists pointing out, Ukrainian wheat fields are burning. Didn't we just talk about this? That's right, we did. This is how, this is how funny when we were ahead of the story. This is just like the mine story where Ukraine goes, we mined everything because Russia bad guy. And then a week later they go, Russia put mines everywhere. It's like, you guys are ridiculous. You just said on the media that you put them there. That just The corporate media doesn't care. It's about a narrative. Here's the same point. Ukraine grain storages and food warehouses are being destroyed by Russian missiles daily. That's just not true. Ukrainian food is rotting in silos because you, Russia blocks ports and prevents its export. Nah, that's not true, sweetheart. I'm sorry. It's not. I shouldn't have said that. It's going to insult people. <laughs> meant to be demeaning. and I shouldn't have said it. The point is, here's what makes sea mines Russia's biggest challenge. Again, because they mine the entire seawater. But that's not the point today. The point is, they're showing the, the, the burning of the wheat fields. And I said, don't let the facts get in the way of your narrative. Here's a, just a, is a, a YouTube, excuse me, a YouTube video showing the same video. It's an undeniable, verifiably Ukraine helicopter watching them shoot flares with the two stripes in the back into the wheat fields. The same wheat fields, by the way, that are currently on fire. But let's pretend like they're not connected, though. Here's Ukraine News pointing this out back on July 2nd. Look at that. July 2nd. Where did she talk about this? Oh, that's right. July 7th. Okay, July 2nd, watch as Ukrainian helicopter admitting to burn the dried wheat fields in Kherson by shooting flares into the field. There's no front line here. They're shooting this into the field. Just make sure you see this. How ridiculous is this? Okay, so what they're doing is continuing to spread fake news even as they get caught for Ghost of Kiev, and ev literally every story that they've spun have been shown to be, at the very least, dishonest. Right? So my point is, even the last one we just talked about, every single story we cover here, they continue to be shown to be dishonest. What's the one that just the UN just called them out for? Right? The, the nursing home story from the very beginning. You mean the one that we called fake news right there? Yes, exactly. And now even the UN's coming back in and saying, hey, guess what? The Ukrainians chose that spot as a front line that was their base knowing there were civilians there so it's their fault 
and then for some abstract reason charge nobody with a war crime. If you're in there shooting, Russia or whoever's fighting you has a legal act, they're allowed to fire back. When they fire back and hits an area with civilians, how is that them attacking a nursing home? You chose the nursing home as a, as a military location. They did, on, they did so on purpose because that's the same thing they did in Syria. They being these rebel, don't forget, they've already shuttled in people from Syria. That's been admitted to. The U.S. and other entities are bringing moderate rebels from Syria, which we know aren't moderate rebels, and they're using them in Ukraine. That's, they've reported that. So, gee, I just think it's, it's shocking they're using the same tactics. Lies everywhere. Your corporate media does not care. But here's where the other part comes in. Where the, the incredible part about this is that they are continuing to hype and lie about the narrative and people dying and people being shot and all of the, the fake news coming out left and right. As the serious report puts out, regrettably, too many people are still being sucked into social media entertainment world. These people have agendas, some for personal gain, desire and fame, recognition, others to be paid to mislead us. Unfortunately, many think these people have solid intentions. But this person says, in fact, efforts to report hist hist uh, honestly, excuse me, on the war, especially when it paints Ukraine out of the U.S. in a negative light, highly dangerous. As Eva Bartlow pointed out, is on a kill list. They're pointing out the journalist that was shot. Now, I find it very interesting that this person. Actually, let me do this real quick. I forgot to grab it so you guys could see it just, you know, for clarity. This person. Tweets. Oh, that's weird. Did I do it wrong one? Oh, that's right. Sorry. One more second. This person tweets underneath it that it's fake news. Not real. Fake debunked news, the person says. I'm just grabbing a picture on the incognito page. Real quick. Here we go. So, deep, fake, fake debunked news, apparently. You see how that works? So it's not debunked when we can prove that they admitted doing it or on, the, on record doing it. They just lie about it. That's okay to this person. But not when you have a story that's already been admitted to on top of that. It's fake news because we don't like what it shows. Let me prove it to you. I came in and I said, well, did your corporate news tell you to think that? Because regurgitation without due diligence this is so very intelligent. Don't forget, guys, this is... Right here. A Russian blogger was shot dead in his car. Today, a Russian blogger was shot dead in his car. This means that there are still Russian traitors in Ukraine, and all traitors will be executed. I'm not afraid of this word. The bottom line is, guys, that's Vitaly Kim, the governor of an oblast in Ukraine, openly reporting this. Now, just because it's not on RT, you can choose to ignore it if you're that stupid, but this is reported all over the place. Guys, recognize this is on Ukraine 24. It's a huge outlet. This is not secret. He openly came out and said that it's okay to execute a civilian if they're reporting things they don't like. He's a blogger. This wasn't a wartime situation in regard to this person. He was in his car. He's an independent journalist. Just because they claim he's being favorable to Russia, that's not... They, look, you can't pretend this is a democracy fighting for freedom and then claim that it's okay that they assassinate people for saying the wrong thing. That's just insane. Then he goes on to say, not only is that okay, but anybody like that is going to be assassinated for being a traitor. So what makes you a traitor? The fact that you're reporting things that the government isn't okay with? Exactly my point. That's not a democracy. Well, democracy is a broken. It's not even, that is not a representative government. That's a tyrannical authoritarianship. That's what this is. This is this is totalitarianism. And then they go on to they laugh and support this. That will kill more people, whether they're military or civilians. Now understand, even if you're a civilian and you're cooperating with Russia, that's legally you're not allowed to target civilians. But guess what? The people underneath this say. 
And oh, by the way, the point was he blocked me right after responding. And I just said, well, only cowards with weak arguments respond and then block. This was a civilian journalist. They admitted to supporting his assassination. Only monsters agree with that. Whatever is the political, political views, but that's okay for them. But here's the person that follows up after that and says, we has collaborators not faced extinction. Probably when has collaborators, sounds like he's probably typing from Ukraine, and not faced ex execution and imprisonment. That's what traitors deserve if assisting an occupation, right? But is this a democracy? Are you arguing from some fanatical Nazi standpoint? Or are you arguing from the idea that this is a democracy fighting for freedom and emulating what the U.S. pretends to be? But you can't have it both ways, guys, even though you childishly want that. He's not a collaborator if he's a blogger writing about what's happening, regardless of what he's posting. He wasn't on the front lines with Russia. He was in his car in a civilian area when he was shot dead in the street. But apparently, that's okay to them. You see my point? These people are disgusting. That's where we are. And that's fake news because they don't like what it shows. Well, here's the best part. So all that being said, as they're all yelling about how oh, he's a collaborator because he's spreading information they don't like. But what happened when Assad or anybody else was accused of shutting down stations? What happened when Iran or Russia, let's say, censors stations that they don't like because they believe they're spreading propaganda? Just like the U.S. censors them here. Censors RT, censors press TV all the time. They, anytime anyone does that, it's wrong, whether it's Russia, whether it's the U.S., whether it's Israel, whether it's the U.K. Censoring media is wrong, but they all do it and act like it's the right thing because we censored the bad guy. If you're that childish and you think that is enough for you, then you don't care what's right and wrong. You're high-fiving about your team's win. It's team sports. It's stupid. If you have morals and principles, then you'd stand by them even when it challenges your, what you believe your government is or your party. It's wrong when this happens. Here's Zelensky consolidating Ukraine's TV outlets into one state-backed channel. So when I said in my, in my title that removes all media, that's what that is. You don't get to pretend that one state channel is acceptable when all you do is point out that RT is a state channel and call it only propaganda. All they are is a walking contradiction today, guys, the, corporate, the U.S. government. But he also dissolved his rival's political parties because that's acceptable, right? That's how you have a fair election when you remove people from the election, right? Remember when that happened in Venezuela? Even though it didn't really happen, it was a U.S.-backed entity that they chose to back out so they could make it look like he lost. This is pathetic. This is everything they point out as the problems of all the places they invade for freedom. But because he did it and because Russia bad guy, well, it's, it's a good thing, apparently. But not only did he dissolve the parties, he stole their assets. This is totalitarianism. It's tyranny. President Zelensky, puppet Zelensky, has consolidated all TV platforms, every single one of them in Ukraine, into one single state broadcast and restricting political rivals. You know, that's freedom, right? Freedom and democracy. Political opposition fears such civil liberty constraints could continue. <laughs> yeah, you don't say. You don't just get to say war, danger, so we don't we pause our integrity and our, and our principles. That means you didn't have them to begin with. Just like the constitutional right concept, guys. Not to say we didn't have them to begin with, but that your government never cared about them to begin with. That's why when it became COVID danger, they just said, no, pause. You can't do that. They don't care about them. They never did. Ukraine has had to take extraordinary measures to fight Russia's invasion. Here's the justification, you see. Among them, the government has consolidated the government's television outlets and dissolved rival political parties. 
It says it needs to do this to maintain a united front in fighting Russia. So, so what? That doesn't even, that's not a valid excuse to censor media and remove political opposition. You're a totalitarian leader. Before the war, Ukraine had a dizzying array of television news stations, but in March, Zelensky decided to consolidate them into one 24-hour channel. But not all stations were included. See, he didn't even bring them all in. He picked which ones he wanted, got rid of the rest, dissolved everything else, and kept one controlling idea. Now, how about you want to bet? Somewhere in this mix is Kolomoisky. I don't find it in reporting. But I'm willing to bet, as we dig into this further, that we are going to find Kolomoisky behind there funding the whole damn thing, or somebody in that same vein that ties directly back to the Nazi-led organizations and the Azov Battalion movement and everything else happening. Because Zelensky himself is funded by the person who is a primary backer of the Azov movement. But on top of that, it says another political opponent, the pro-Russian billionaire. So understand, first of all, he's not a Russian government entity. Now, or at the very least, not, not that you can prove not what they're reporting. They're just saying pro-Russian. So apparently it's illegal to be pro-Russia. Victor Medovchuk was recently arrested for that. His business assets seized because of his ties to Putin. Was there a court case? Obviously not. That's not what's exists in this tyrannical situation. And how about the fact that we don't even know for sure that's the case? Just because he's Russian? Just like the U.S. government's doing. He's learning from them. He has a Russian name, seizes Ra, take his yacht, who cares? This is not what democracy, as they want to frame it, looks like. This is what totalitarianism looks like. It couldn't be more clear. And all they do is go, oh, because Russia, bad guy. And at the same time, we have Ukrainian soldiers arriving in the UK as part of a new UK-led military training program. You start to get concerned, you really should be. The training will involve recruits with little to military, with little military experience, excuse me to go to the front line. This is training for a foreign army in your country. Why is that acceptable to anybody? On top of that, the EU has dispersed 600 million euros in, in macro financial assistance to Ukraine. How much money is actually going? If just the U.S. government has put out billions and billions of dollars, 40 billion plus, 100 billion, which 600 million on top of that from the EU in general. I mean, guess what? On top of that, Biden's sending more weapons to Ukraine as NATO prepares for a long fight. You mean the war that's very clearly almost over because they're already almost lost and all we're going to do is continue to pump in your money and resources to keep this going because that was always the point. As even the CIA has admitted, foreign policy wrote about this. It is about creating an endless quagmire to sap Russia's resources at your expense, at Ukraine's expense, at the civilian's expense. They don't care about you. Here's Paul Massaro, foreign policy guy, saying Ukraine must be allowed to strike military sites in occupied Belarus, occupied Crimea, and Russia. So apparently he's under the ridiculous, absurd assumption that Belarus is occupied. They just they, This is just like saying occupied Crimea. You see, they get away with Crimea because they want to pretend that everything that happened there wasn't Crimea's choice, even though they'll tell you if you listen to them. It was a, a referendum where they overwhelmingly voted to go to, just like the Donbass, because they're primarily Russian-speaking, and they're the ones being targeted by the Nazis in Ukraine. It's pretty simple. So they just want to say occupied Crimea because they want to make it sound like a problem they can blame Russia for. But occupied Belarus, I mean, guys, this is just wildly independent of even an abstract illusion of a fact. That's not what's happening. Belarus just simply is in line with Russia, like any ally. 
But think about how stupid this is. And this guy's a foreign policy guy. Either he's trying to lie to you for his own agenda or he's dumb. The bottom line is he's asking people, he's saying Ukraine must be able to strike in outside areas. So now you're going to start a war with Belarus? These people are deranged. This is alarming. And to finish off with a great a great uh, video here, I want to show you. Actually, we'll end with this. Sarah Abdallah post, post this clip. Again, this great clip. NATO is not a defense alliance. It is a war machine. Just ask people of Afghanistan, Iraq, or Libya. It's very frustrating, guys. Actually, I think I'm going to do, let me see real quick. I believe I downloaded this. All right, before I let you go, though, I wanted to play that what that one clip of the, uh, oh, geez, straighten the table out, of that Biden clip I thought was really funny because it is <laughs> just embarrassing. It really is that this is the kind of, this is the people, these are the people that we're talking about running things and, you know, aware of what's going on. I don't buy it. Maybe I didn't grab it. That's frustrating. Oh, I did. That's right. I, I did this last time. All right. Well, I'm going to leave you with this video and then the one after that, guys. So thank you for being here longer than I wanted today, but we're still trying to get these a little bit shorter for many different reasons. But thank you for being here. Please share the information. Continue to stand up, but be skeptical, guys. I, I feel it in my gut that we're being coaxed into a very alarming situation. And by no means is that is that me saying that I don't support people standing up with their for their inherent right to protest. Just be, be skeptical. Question everything. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. Higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. Damn it. For the last time, anything you put on that prompter, Burgundy will read. The NATO summit in Madrid was a big love-in for the supporters of the military-industrial complex. NATO is not a defense alliance. It's a war machine. Ask the people of Afghanistan, Iraq, or Libya. NATO's real goal is the defense of a waning U.S. hegemony and a unipolar world system. That's what NATO exists for. Any discussion of that is silenced, chilled in this land of free speech. The war in Ukraine, NATO is loving it. Like the U.S., the Russian economy is dominated by monopoly capital. Both countries are run by oligarchs. Now we have a U.S.-NATO proxy war against Russia and Ukraine. Two factions of capitalist imperialism waging war against each other, with millions of workers caught in between. A survey by the European Council on Foreign Relations showed that the vast majority of European citizens want peace rather than uh, promoting a war that punishes Russia. But NATO never wants peace. What I want to know is, what does the EU really want?